My name is Matt. This is Tom. And this is Travis. And this is episode 12 of our little podcast here. And we've got a huge, huge episode planned for you guys. So we're going to have three featured reviews on the show today. Uh, We're going to be reviewing Cars 3, It Comes at Night, and The Book of Henry. And we also have some other fun stuff to talk about later in the show. But uh, before we get started... Uh, we, all three of us had a pretty, uh, pretty insane weekend. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Wild you want to <laughs> <laughs> So Tom, you had a bachelor, a uh, bachelor weekend full of debauchery. Yeah. Uh, that's correct. Uh, highlight was probably playing golf for the first time. Oh ever. yeah. You were worried about that. Cause you were going to like try to hit up a driving range first, right? Yeah. That never happened. <laughs> so, uh, got a, about three practice swings in. They were pretty rough. So you had never um, even hit never a golf ball before, before this? Uh, no, never. I've never golfed. Uh, I probably hit one with a baseball bat one time you know, <laughs> when I was like 12 and I found a bat and a golf ball. But uh, no, it was the first time. It was, uh, it was fun. They had a pretty nice course where we were. Uh, Got to say, 18 holes for a first-timer is probably more than necessary. But, uh, you know, everybody else was pretty into were it. Were you getting so bored? Fine. I wasn't getting bored. I was getting, like tired and frustrated <laughs> did you walk it yeah well no we had we had cards oh okay yeah uh but you know you just don't want to hold up everybody so right. it's fine after the after everyone tees off and then uh you know they're all ch- they're in pairs and everybody's chasing down their balls and we're all making our way to the flag and the guy i was with was uh was cool he he was really good at golf but you know very patient with me and gave me good simple instructions that were actually constructive <laughs> but he didn't care if i like hit it and it went three feet and then i had to hit it again so uh, then when the pressure was off it was fine but right. it's when everybody's waiting their turn to tee off and you're like God, not again here we are <laughs> find myself in a familiar place how long just... did it take to play uh the full 18 holes dude we had a little bit of lunch like kind of on the go but it was like six hours damn it was yeah it's a long day it was a long time um but i had a couple of good hits especially toward the end started to pick it up a little bit so that was fun Putting is hard. Putting's really hard. I'm pretty good at putting. Okay. Don't want to brag. It's all that. It's all that putt, little, putt yeah, a little yeah, mini golf. Have you guys been like playing like play actual golf or? Just yeah, like, my when I was younger, I used to go with my dad. Yeah, I've never played actual golf. I suck though. I'm awful. At I just golf. have to aim about 40 degrees <laughs> to the left because I know I'm going to shank it. Every yeah. Time, so. We usually play best ball just so we yeah. can get the game moving. Yeah. I did almost hit some of our our crew as well really but did you get to yell four what's that did you get to yell four i did yell four yeah um but they drove way up ahead (laughs) i don't think they thought i could hit it that far (laughs) (laughs) so they you know and there was alcohol involved so i don't know i yelled four and uh almost came down right directly on top of his head (laughs) lucked out there Anyways, good times. Sounds solid. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Travis and I went and saw Tool at the Gorge mm-hmm. here in beautiful Washington. Hell yeah. And uh, it was pretty dope. It was my first time seeing Tool. I used to love Tool when I was younger, and you know they're still cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seen some Tool's, good videos. Tool's cool. 
Yeah, some good vids. They put on an incredible show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just we got there early, spent a couple hours crushing beers. Oh yeah. So Shot I don't know beer. much about uh Tool, but is it is this like a reunion tour or have they been touring pretty consistently or they've been touring pretty consistently, but this is the first time they played like Seattle not they not Seattle proper, but mm. they haven't yeah. toured in, in a They haven't played in Washington since I think twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. But they haven't played at the Gorge since two thousand seven. Right. So it was a big deal. Okay. And they have their whole original uh, yep. band members and everything. Yeah, There were a shitload of people there. They haven't had an album <laughs> since 2007 as well. Mm-hmm. But people still just eat that shit up. <laughs> yeah, they live for it. Yes. Tool oh, yeah. Life. There's, I mean, their fans are diehard. Like, yeah, I get the tool feeling. Army. I get the vibe mm-hmm. that it's kind of like the harder rock version of Fish fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Grateful Dead, Fish, and Tool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good comparison. Those are the three traveling groups. <laughs> there was a guy walking through the campsite that was selling like gold chains that said like tool in big letters, gold letters. Mm-hmm. He was just walking like a, there was a line of cars trying to get in the campsite. He was just trying to sell these shitty fucking gold necklaces. Oh they were, I mean, it was kind of cool, but I would never wear it. And then also, I don't think those would appeal to any tool fans because it's like a bling chain. Yeah, I saw multiple people wearing them. Posers, they didn't yeah. know what tools really are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Travis, there's a story you wanted to tell. Oh yeah, <laughs> so we were on the lawn, we got lawn seats, and mm-hmm. we made our way to the center of the lawn. The lawn was crowded, and uh, we stood behind these guys, and at one point during the show, my friend Zach and I were uh, airing jerking off motions but pretty much on the guy because he was right in front of us and he saw that and didn't really appreciate it so he turned around to tell us that uh and then yeah then he called me an he expressed asshole expressed his displeasure yeah yeah he turned around he's like you know i really don't appreciate you guys jerking off on me <laughs> i was like oh sorry man we're just really excited <laughs> yeah, help it. we're hard for tool yeah, then he called us assholes. And then a few minutes later, he turned around and said, you know what, you guys aren't assholes. I, I was the one being the asshole. I'm like, okay, cool. And then that was pretty much the end of it. But it's like, I so I saw them talking, but I couldn't hear because the music was happening. So then, like, Travis leaned over to me, and he was like, it was loud. So he was yelling, and he told me this this story. <laughs> and he got to the end of it, and the guy turned around, and he was like, yeah, that was a good story. Like, he heard the whole thing. <laughs> You know, this guy calls an asshole because we jerked off on his back. And <laughs> <laughs> now we're cool. It. And then he was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're cool. Turned around. He gave his stamp of approval. or yeah. yeah. Maybe he was just telling Travis, okay, just call it call it game, you know. Don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're cool. Just keep your cum to yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm glad I got the opportunity to see them. Yeah. But um, anyway. I, I we- Ralph this morning. That was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Well. You know, there are sacrifices that have to be made, both for Tool I felt or a, a million party. times better, though. Yeah. I had too much beer in my tummy. Mm-hmm. Well, I felt great. I cracked open a beer like 6.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. God. I, <laughs> I wake up in the tent just feeling like death. Matt comes back <laughs> in. And I'm, I'm like, dude, I feel like straight garb. He's like, what? I feel great. I'm going to go crack a beer. I'm like, you're insane. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, let's get the show on the road. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. So we're going to start with our review of Cars 3. Which uh, I did not see. Yeah, so we should say, so Travis and I saw Cars 3. 
all three of us saw It Comes at Night. Mm-hmm. And then Travis and I saw The Book of Henry. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put It Comes at Night in the middle, since that's the one we all saw. So I feel least left out. Yeah, but, you know, Tom will be <laughs> able to ask some, uh, you know, probing questions, try and get the dirt on Cars 3. Such as, what is Cars 3 about? Or, what are any of the Cars movies about? What even is Car? It's about family. Oh, that family. So that's the theme now. Every like, every Hollywood movie is about family. Are the Fords family, feuding though. with the Chevys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we've got a clip. Let's take a listen. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, Jackson Storm, right? Great race today. Wow. Thank you, Mr. McQueen. You have no idea what a pleasure it is for me to finally beat you. Oh, thanks. Wait... <laughs> Hang on, did you say meet or beat? I think you heard me. Alright, Cars 3 is the latest film in the Cars franchise, produced by Pixar Animation Studio. Uh, The plot synopsis reads, Lightning McQueen sets out to prove to a new generation of racers that he's still the best race car in the world. Uh, Travis... How'd you feel about Cars 3? Sounds like a thrilling new plot. <laughs> uh, I would say I enjoyed it. I definitely liked it, but I wouldn't really say anyone needs to go rush out and see it, and it didn't really feel that inspired. It's like, basically Rocky 3 with Cars, mm. which I was into. That trilogy is probably their like least inspired stuff. It definitely is. It's also the most kid-friendly, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all kid-friendly. They're all kid movies, but... The hum- like everything about the movie is just it's very much geared toward a younger audience. Not a lot in there for the adults to appreciate. There's some there's some of that stuff. I d- I did laugh. I I enjoyed Cars three. Mm-hmm. I would say it had a couple good funny moments. Yeah, well you made uh, her killed it. Yeah, <laughs> line of the year. Is that that stupid truck? <laughs> yeah, oh. that the cable guy. Does. God, he literally Travis lost his mind. He <laughs> he said get her done, and the Travis was like, oh. oh. Get her done. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Her done. You're not giving it any justice. <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil it. It's a good. It you was just a, spoil it. It was a good joke. He says "get her done," but he the way he says it, there's a joke. It's, it's not just "get her done." It's amazing. Perfect it's, timing. No, it's okay. Anyways, the the things that shine in it are the animation. It looks amazing. Yeah, huh. like the cars look. It's weird. It, it they look real at times, but then they also just look animated as well but the animation is towing the line yeah like the crash scene looks pretty real it looked great yeah yeah i like that this movie kind of returned to the racing because cars 2 was like a like a fucking heist caper spy movie and it was it was dumb cars 2 is easily the worst pixar movie yeah but yeah the racing was cool and i liked that the movie was set around racing like kind of like a nascar movie Mm -hmm. um but then the stuff in the middle was a little overdrawn and they go into this uh, part of the plot, mm-hmm. I feel like, too many times. They go back to it and they could have probably oh. cut some of that out. Because it's almost two hours and I feel like it could have easily been 90 minutes and yeah. still been, probably, it probably would have been more effective. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a good reason for that, I thought. It was just a little, a little heavy-handed because it's a kid's movie, so they're trying to yeah. make it perfectly clear what they're trying to say. But I, I don't know. Like... The basically the theme of the movie is uh, there's some like younger cars, like rookie cars coming up who are just like faster, sleeker. <laughs> so uh, the older racers are like starting to retire. So then Lightning is trying to like make 
a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like training. So it's about what, what Travis is referring to is, um, they bring back, did you, you haven't seen the first cars, I guess, but no, he has a mentor in the first cars movie. Who's like an older car who he finds out, you know, he used to be a racer and it was a, Does he guy, wear a beanie, a this beanie? old mentor. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the Rocky thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically the movie is about, he is, uh, having f- flashbacks to like when this guy was mentoring him. So then it ends up being like lightning is trying to mentor someone else. So uh, it's just kind of, yeah. like, kind of a passing of the torch, if you will. Yeah. Got it. Um, it's been done a million times, but it the waving w- of it, the flag. It worked for this movie. Um, but yeah, the visuals were the strongest part. Um, there were some cool set pieces. There's a cool part in the middle. It's like a demolition derby type thing. That was kind of fun. Oh yeah, that was cool. Um, all the race stuff was good. Um, Nobody drives the cars, right? No. Yeah. That'd be weird. Even like at the racetracks, all the spectators are cars. Oh. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had no idea. It's a yeah. car universe. Okay. Well. Yeah. Sure. It was. It was solid. I would say it was pretty close to on par with the first Cars movie. I like them both about the same. The first one's probably a little bit better, but yeah, I would agree. If you're a fan of the Cars series. Or even even movie. just the first one. I feel like no one liked the second one, but if you like no. the first one, it was a, a satisfying. I don't want to say conclusion. I guess they could take this story thread another direction, but yeah, you know, it was a fitting. I I, I like the way that the movie ended. You know, it was a little forced, but yeah, no, I mean it was good. I just it wasn't great, right? And I think they need to take it to space, man. It was very serviceable. No, they need to cars, do space. a Fast and the Furious Cars hybrid. Yeah, that would be great. Vin Diesel voices You have been car. advocating for Fast and the Furious hybrids with just about everything. <laughs> Every like, movie Fast would be Furious better Justice if it was a... League. The theme is family. I mean, it's so easy. <laughs> they should. They Suicide should totally Squad, Fast and the Furious, I could see working. Ooh, that would be cool. That would be dope. Yeah. Fucking Vin Diesel running over the Joker with his yeah, car. Yeah. Crushing Just a family outlaws, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it was solid. I don't really have too much more to say on on cars. I, oh, we should talk about our, our viewing experience. Because we oh, saw God. it on a Thursday night. It was all kids and They were like so family. revved up. So, no, they were irritable. <laughs> there was one kid in particular who kept running around and making a bunch of noise and yelling. Which in the turn parents, made me irritable. <laughs> yeah, the parents kept shushing. Uh, there was one part that was pretty funny though, because there's like a, a pretty like intense kind of sad moment. Well, it's the part from the trailer, so you sh- you see lightning crashing in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the crash scene, like you don't know. Obviously, he's going to be fine, but it's just like dead silent. And then this little kid just starts going, like at the top of his lungs, and he didn't stop crying for like two minutes. He was the only kid that was crying that well that I could hear anyway. But he lost his mind. Dude, the parents behind us though, figure it out. Put those kids on a leash. Get a muzzle on. If them. your like, kids crying in the theater, you got to take them out in the lobby. Yes, set them straight. Let him try again. That's true. Don't well, just sit there and ruin the movie for everyone. They else. were shushing the kid, but that's it. Like that ain't good enough. Yeah, you don't shush a kid. Old fashioned fashion beating. I don't know, man. <laughs> being a parent sounds exhausting. I don't know oh, if yeah. I could do it. I might just be like, 
I don't you even think are... I could own a dog, let alone a fucking <laughs> human child. Like, yeah, I don't want well, to be like responsible the... for anyone. I don't know. A movie theater is a little bit different because you can take your kid outside of the movie. Granted, it was a kid's movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we were... Doesn't matter. We can't. We can only complain so much. Yeah, the parent was probably like, I'm the one who should get to leave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so then, uh, directly next to me, there was a whole family, but the dad was sitting next to me. And you could tell this was just his opportunity to just like fucking sleep and get a break. Like mm. the kids I think he was sick seat. though or something because when we first walked in, he had just like a snot rig forced at both of his Oh nostrils. yeah, I didn't notice that, but you did. I was like, have fun with that, man. But he was, he was <laughs> snoring through the first like half of the movie. He was like, well, yeah, his, his nose was stuffy. And I, it was so fucking distracting. <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah. less than ideal viewing experience. But Definitely. I'm never going to a kid's movie at prime time again. Yeah. Got to go really late. Yeah, 10.30. When they're all in bed. Yeah. No time is safe, I feel like. No. You can't go early. So not, not one of Pixar's <clears throat> stronger offerings. It, it was... Still good, but it's still toward the bottom of their filmography for yeah. me because I'm a huge Pixar buff. Is there other Pixar stuff coming out this year? Yeah, Coco. Coco's coming out this hey, year. Hey, the short Coco. was awesome though. I oh yeah, that. the short to play at the beginning was really good. Yeah, Lou is that what it's called? Right, Lost and Found, I think. But the no, I think it was Lou. Oh, because it the cause letters the, were the letters missing, dropped off, and it so was L O U, and yeah. the name of the Lost mm. and Found Bean. His name is Lou. Bean? Bean. Bean. Like all of the I all of the like items in the Lost and Found, like uh, he like turned into a thing. It. So he had like the eyes were baseballs and he was wearing a hoodie. So oh, that's he was, an like, awesome idea. Trying to convince a bully to return all of the stuff in the Lost and Found. <laughs> it was it was good. It was really good. I like yeah. the short. Um but or they, they accomplished more in the short than they did in the entire runtime of Cars. 3. More impactful. <laughs> Speaking of shorts, though, uh, there was a trailer yeah. for a Frozen Bullshit. short. A full trailer for a Frozen short. It's going to premiere before Coco at the end of the year. Yeah, but Weird. they had a full trailer. A trailer. I thought it was Frozen two, and I was like, I didn't hear because it was this. a f- it was like a two minute trailer. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I didn't know they were Frozen two already. What? No, it's a fucking short. It's gonna oh be huge. Oh my god! It looks dumb. It's it's uh, focused on Olaf the snowman, and he's kind of annoying. Mm, no, that's well, the, definitely what I would focus on. He's hilarious. Olaf, the first Dude, the reindeer is the one who kills. The first Frozen's okay. Mm. Yeah, it's one of the weaker of the new. I know like, people love it. You can't and call I can it see the first why. Frozen yet. Just call it Frozen. Okay, but we know a sequel. There's gonna. It's there's, inevitable. There's gonna be it makes sequel. way it too is. much fucking money for them. Eminent. Do you want to build a snowman? No, never. <laughs> Not with you. <laughs> All right. Anything else on cars? No. We're checking out. I like it more than Travis. If you like Pixar, you like cars. It's I, don't, I don't think you'll be disappointed. We'll probably have a similar star rating. Oh, yeah. So we should probably do that. Uh, what did I give this fucking thing? This is a spokes rating. I think I gave it a four. Four spokes. It's too high, Matt. I mean, maybe 3.5. Fresh out of the theater, I gave it a 4, but it's not very remarkable. I gave it 3 out of 5. I'm going to knock mine down to a 3.5. I do want to say, though, that now already I'm already regretting what I rated Wonder Woman. I feel like I was a little too harsh on Wonder Woman. Yeah. It should be at yeah. least a 3.5. Yes, absolutely. God, what did you give it? A 3? Three? Three. A 3. Yeah. 
I know. I'm, I'm a terrible person. You're just shitting on it. Try to be a contrarian. Yeah. All right. That's it on Cars 3. Uh, next up, it comes, it comes at night. Oh, we yeah. got another clip. Let's take a listen. Hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. You scared me. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. What are you doing up? She can't sleep. Hmm. I always used to come in the kitchen and eat food if I couldn't sleep. What about you? I don't know. I haven't been able to sleep for a while. Just some bad dreams. All right. It Comes at Night is the latest feature film from Trey Edward Schultz. Hot young filmmaker, up and comer, uh, known for Cretia, which uh, was Travis's number two film of the year last year. Oh, yeah. He creamed over Cretia. This, this is his new film. <clears throat> it's, <laughs> well, it's good. It's not amazing. Oh, no, this kid is amazing. Trey Edward oh, Schultz. Oh, Trey Edward Schultz? Yeah. yeah it's- Got a lot of promise. Mm -hmm. You throw that word around a lot. (laughs) Uh, All right, plot synopsis. Secure within a desolate home as an unnatural threat terrorizes the world, a man has established a tenuous domestic order with his wife and son, but this soon will be put to test when a desperate young family arrives seeking refuge. Mm. How did you guys What's the lead actor's name again? Joel Edgerton. Yeah, Joel Edgerton. Mm Mm-hmm like that guy a lot. He's great. He's quickly become one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he should we start there? He, sure. he was really good in this he movie. He killed it, dude. He was so intense. He was like, uh, he's the fulcrum of the whole story, even though he's not the quote unquote main character, because you usually see things from the perspective of his son mm-hmm. yeah. um, more. But his presence impacts everything that happens with all the other characters and with just like every scene uh and he does it really well yeah i like because he's very serious and there are moments where he's very tense but then when there are moments where they're like having dinner together and he kind of loosens up Mm -hmm. and he's clearly a really good dad and Mm -hmm. they're just in a really fucked up situation that they don't understand yeah but he, he kills in this role. He's, yeah, he's I mean, he's been on good. fire lately. He's always been good and someone I've enjoyed watching. But he's, I mean, the last couple of years, he's just been knocking out of the park. Mm-hmm. Midnight Special, Loving, This. Mm-hmm. He was great in Warrior. Yeah. Uh, the Gift. He's good in The Gift. Yeah. A little Did you ever see The Gift, too? Mm-hmm. It's good. Animal Kingdom. You ever seen that? Yeah, that too. No, I don't think so. That good movie's stuff. awesome. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, performances. Wait, what? Write it down, Tom. Add okay, to the write list. It down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, performances across the board were pretty good in this. Yeah. Uh, I like the actor who plays the the son. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really good. Um, basically, it's it's two families. So it's Joel Edgerton, his wife, and their kid Travis, and then the other family is a husband and wife, and then they have a young boy. He's probably yeah. what like. Five or six, or maybe a little older than that. Like nine or no, I would no. say eight or nine, like, like three or four. four. Yeah, really, he's pretty young. I'm, I am still learning how to judge the age of a child that is under thirteen. Uh, so I could be way off, but I think he was four. I'm gonna go six on this one. Do we want to do general impressions real quick? Yeah, isn't that what we're doing right now? Well, we jumped into performances. Well, so that's general. That's part I of the was general. Generally impressed with the performances. Um, <laughs> I really liked the movie. I loved it. Thought it was not like 
brand new territory by any means, but the uh, the whole tone of the film, uh, the psychological elements of it, the mystery of it, um, it, it was a it was familiar territory. In, from a new approach, I guess is what I was. Yeah, saying. it was more about the feel of the movie and less about it less about the really consistent yeah, the vibe through the, through the whole thing that I was super <clears throat> into. And one of the things I loved most about the movie was the rhythm of nighttime versus daytime. And I mean, obviously, it's it's right there in the title, but you know, like, oh, you got a shot of the kid sleeping in his bed. It's like, okay, get ready to be weirded out. Something's going <laughs> to happen. You know, so I, I thought that it was really cool. You get little, you know, breathing time here and there throughout the film, but it's fairly tense throughout the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I love how grounded the movie is, too. Like, all the conversations they yeah. have are feel very real. Like, the dialogue is, is very good. Um, this the way they tackle situations seems very realistic as far as the precautions they take, how they interact with the, the new family, you know. I thought that was really good. Yeah, they have a set of rules and they stick to them. Mm-hmm. I spent about 30 minutes trying to figure out if that other uh, dad figure was uh, Shia LaBeouf. Looks just like him. Oh, God. No, it doesn't. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a a does. little, yeah. With the beard and like the curly hair, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not him, but it looks a little bit like him. They could be related. I guess I could see it. Yeah, I recognize him from Girls. He's uh, one of the boyfriends. Yeah. Oh, uh, was he? During one point of the series. Yeah. Yeah, he was good too. I mean, the movie had definitely has like a Night of the Living Dead feel. You know, it was kind of a single location film. It's more, it's less yeah. about the threat and more about just like paranoia mm-hmm. and being, you know, in close quarters and but we definitely kind of... see threats like uh i mean not to get in we can save it for spoilers but they're you know they legitimize why joel who's the most paranoid character in the film would behave that way mm-hmm. you know which i thought was necessary you know to add a little bit more validation to the behavior definitely and we'll need to get it into this in spoilers but i really love like the ambiguity of the film in in, in many different aspects, mm-hmm. like everything from the plot to yeah. just the world that they're in. Um, Carrie, you never really know who's telling the truth. You and know, no decision is easy. Like there's no right decision for a lot of the scenarios that they get themselves into. Like the very opening scene, you know, it's like how do you handle the grandpa character? Right. That was a great introduction like i that was a perfect way to set the tone for the movie yeah yeah so we should just say i mean i don't think it's supposed to talk about the opening scene and like what kind of world they're living in right but basically there's a terrible sickness it looks kind of like the bubonic plague like people get you know sores yeah on some their type body of and plague stuff. they can't really breathe but it happens really quickly like 24 48 hours you start to see symptoms so the grandfather character is very ill and all of the the two people you see with him or the three people you see with him are all wearing like hazmat masks yeah gas masks and you you don't know at that point what the relationships are because you see i mean for me too it was like you see three african-american characters and one white guy you know and everybody's got these masks and you're you don't instantly think oh they're family right you know yeah like who is this guy is this guy part of their group did they just happen upon him or is he he turns out to be a family member you know so and that adds a lot of weight to what they eventually end up doing with them. So, yeah, that was a really cool, really cool way to set the movie. 
Um, what else? <clears throat> Most of the stuff I want to talk about is spoiler related, but yeah, I well, mean, generally speaking, I did love the movie. It's definitely one of my favorites of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what Trailer Schultz does next. I don't think he really has anything coming down the pipe yet, but yeah, kid's got a uh, kid's got some chops. Mm-hmm. I really liked. Uh, um, there's there's a couple shots in the movie. Lots of yes. dark hallways. Camera moving really slowly through the, the hallways. First shot. Of yeah, the, the red lighting door. is really good in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, first they get some really door. dark shots, like true yes. black images. Yes. Ooh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> when you're walking down. Because that first shot, you're walking down the hallway and you see all these photos of the family going by on the right. So at least for me, I was like, I was trying to look at the photos as they go by, but I also like wanted to watch the door because the door was making me really nervous. There's just looking at the photo door, photo door. Yeah, totally. There's just so much dread in the movie because you don't just like the people in the movie. You don't understand what's happening. You don't know what the threat could be. Very bleak movie. Definitely, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, and I think there are more like. like there are hints at maybe there's something aside from just the sickness or we don't know what causes the sickness or, you know, the title implies that, you know, it could be anything. It could be uh, a certain like behavior from a character. It could be a creature. It could be like an environmental thing that always happens at night. Yeah, so, it never really explains what it is. You know, and the doors are locked down. Are they locked down because there's something like weird roam in the woods or is it because people are out there and they are desperate you know so we should say if you've seen a trailer for this movie it's a little misleading Mm -hmm. because this is not if you're coming in this looking for just like a horror flick with like monsters and like lots of you know scary scenes it's not really that Mm -hmm. it's more like psychological drama with some horror elements. Yeah. That's, it's it, like, a very slow burn, too. Definitely. Definitely. I think the pace is really good, but it's yeah, not... Yeah, I was never bored, and I did... I was enjoying it all the way through. Um, I haven't really said much about the movie yet, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, general impressions for me. I had huge expectations for this, uh, just because I loved Kreisha so much. Uh, when I walked out of the theater, I was a little disappointed, just because my expectations were so high that... Mm they couldn't be matched but then after sitting on it for a while i just ended up loving it <laughs> bumped it up a notch yes <laughs> and when i say disappoint i wasn't necessarily disappointed it just didn't meet my high expectations yeah. and i should also say i saw the movie twice oh yeah they, yeah so i saw it with my friend paris mm-hmm. And then Travis and I had screener tickets to see The Book of Henry, but we were really busy this week, so he was going to see It Comes a Night After. So I just decided to see it with him, because mm-hmm. we just walked out of Book of Henry into It Comes at Night. Mm-hmm. So I saw it twice, and it, I really liked it the first time, but it came up even more really? on a rewatch. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we're talking like three days apart, I uh-huh. saw the screenings. I think it was a Saturday and a Tuesday, is that when we went? Yeah. 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 It was my first time watching a horror movie by myself in the theater. Yeah? Yeah. How was your uh, crowd? Was there a lot of people there? Or no, not really? really small. Where'd you see it? AMC 10, okay. formerly Sundance. Um, still basically Sundance, right? Still basically Sundance. Cool. Yeah. Uh, nice theater. Really nice. Comfy seats. You know, all the things you could want. Uh, but I think there were probably eight people in that movie. Mm. And it was on a thursday night at 
eight o'clock. I don't know. So like prime. Yeah, I felt like it was. There should have been way more people there. Um, the crowd didn't really react throughout the movie. I don't know. They Did you get a reaction at the at end? the end? <laughs> we'll talk about the ending. Yeah. But... Uh, well, I was the first person to leave. People just kind of sat quietly in their seats. Oh, okay. <laughs> and watched the credits. And I was just like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> so Travis and I's screening, there weren't that many people in it, but there there was some frustration. Uh-huh. Uh, it was even worse the first time I saw it, because it the theater was probably like half full. And there were, there were groans. They were like, are you kidding me? Like, I'll, we'll talk about it, but the ending is a bit ambiguous. So for it to end like that... I don't think people really knew what they were getting into mm, with this movie. Yeah. So then when it ended on that note, it's a haunting it was, it's a haunting finale. It's also not for a certain kind of moviegoer. It's not a very satisfying ending because it doesn't give you closure. Yeah. Yeah. So there were audible groans and people were like, "Oh, man," from that ending. Yeah. And Which I was I thought was interesting. I can totally understand why people responded that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Responded that way. I love the ending, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, I so can definitely I. can see why. But if, if you watch that trailer and then, you know, you're, it, it's misleading. Man, let's go to spoilers though, because I have things to. <clears throat> yes, let's do that. So starting now, if you have not seen it, comes at night. Check the show notes and skip ahead. Um, spoilers begin now. Where do you guys want to start? Well, Ooh. I still want to bring up that um, I love how much is not on screen, but how much you can pull out of the movie. Like, there's so much you can pull from it, and I just love the whole idea of it being about, like, death and grief and how, like, history repeats itself, and because there's that shot of that painting on the the wall, which is, like, the plague pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that was an awesome shot. I was listening Mm -hmm. to an interview of Trey Edward Schultz talking about this movie, and um, it's basically, like, if... If if your tribe always just takes care of its own tribe, then we're just going to keep going in this like endless cycle of violence. Mm-hmm. So it it plays with the whole like, you know, should you protect your family or you know should you give a non-family member like trust or whatever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because I mean that's a big theme in the movie is trust and paranoia. Like, yeah, they family. seem like good people and and family, but it's. What it ends up being is you you think that the family is getting along really well together and things are going great, but then there's a moment where uh, Travis gets he's he's always waking up at Travis night because he can't character. sleep. Yes, Travis is the son. He has nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a moment where he wakes up and finds the other couple's son in his grandfather's room, just like having a nightmare on the floor. Terrifying scene. Oh my gosh. So that, yeah, because it comes in really slowly and you don't, you can tell something's there and then you realize that it's a body and then you realize it's the kid because you can't really tell because it's really dark until you get closer. Yeah. So anyway, he, he brings, (laughs) he brings the kid into his parents' room, puts it in bed, the kid in bed with them. Mm -hmm. And then realizes that the door is open. Right. So the door that leads to the red door? The red door was open. Okay. And the red door, we should say, is the only door that leads outside. And they shut it and lock it every night. And there's like a... Once you go outside the red door, it's kind of like another area where there's another door that is locked. Mm -hmm. But they... It's 
basically two two locked doors, but the red doors is kind of this motif throughout the movie. Yeah. Finds it unlocked, and then some shit goes down. Um, and that is where, like, the paranoia really takes off, and that's when the climax of the movie begins. And what I really like about the movie is, like I mentioned before, how ambiguous everything is. Yes. You don't, you never find out who opened the door. Like, right. the, the, but the both families are convinced it's someone else's mm. fault. Yeah. And then that's kind of what triggers the climax of the movie where the family decides they want to leave, but they can't let, you know, like, it's a, a tough know, decision to, to make. Yeah. And you never know. I mean, you don't know if Travis sleepwalks because you see weird things where you feel like you're walking through the house and then you're, boom, you're back with him in his bed, you know, and you're like, does he sleepwalk? Does he do weird shit? Because he, <laughs> you know, he had some weird, like, lapses in, uh, I don't know, reliability, I guess, which usually were surrounded around, you know, him being 16. Maybe he's got the hots for the other lady in the house a little bit. Uh, and he really cares about his dog. So he will step over lines that he knows are there just because he's young and he's young and restless, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only moments that you could really call like true horror are those dream sequences. Yeah. Like there's a sequence where uh, the the other woman, the young woman, like gets into bed with him and starts kissing him. And then she lifts her head up yeah. and then that black like blood just starts pouring out of her mouth into his mouth. Super creepy. He sees his grandfather too. Yeah, a couple times. That was just pretty creepy. Um, but yeah, it, it plays with you. You, you can... As the movie goes on, you start to realize that there's an ongoing motif of, like, dreams. Mm -hmm. But you don't always know. It kind of messes with you because there's a couple of times where you think he wakes up and then something else crazy happens and he wakes up again. So you never really know, yeah. like, it kind of plays with your perception of, of the events. Yeah. I think the most obvious scenes of, like, what is happening <laughs> in this movie are where... You're looking at Travis's face and he's clearly witnessing something or seeing something that terrifies him. But you don't see what he's seeing. Yeah. Like when he's chasing after his dog. Or no, I think he has a dream where he's in the woods with his dog. Yeah, he does. And then you hear like the dog being killed, I think. And then his eyes get really wide and he's horrified. But you never actually see what it is. Yeah. And then the, the very end of the movie, uh, the climax happens and shit goes down and the other family ends up getting murdered. Um <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> who cares <laughs> but travis gets sick he gets the sickness and the movie ends like definitively you see him with the sores on his body he's not breathing well and she says the mom says you can let go which yeah. is the same thing that they say to the grandfather at the beginning of the movie but the weird thing that has kind of kept me thinking at the end of the movie is the movie just ends with joel edgerton and his wife sitting at a table looking at each other and they don't say anything and then it goes to black but what the room had daylight coming in did you notice that they had yes. all of the windows boarded up everything was covered but they were sitting in a room with daylight coming in oh wow. where were they supposed to be sitting i had not picked up on that why I thought that they ended up getting, they're going to get sick as well and die. And they're just sitting there like facing their son dying. And then them, it's like impending doom for them. Like they know Not that they're the going to die. fact that they die. were murderers. Because, well, right. They, yeah. They, they're going through a lot of shit all at once. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <clears throat> I think um, as much as you could possibly go through <laughs> in an afternoon. 
<laughs> right. But I mean, the movie does some really cool things as far as like playing up the paranoia because you have that moment towards the beginning where that guy tries to break into the house and they tie him up to the tree and Joel Edgerton's character is kind of interrogating him. Yeah. And he mentions that they were living with his brother. And then you find out later on in the movie, they're sharing a drink and he says that he's an only child. And then Joel Edgerton's like, connects the dots and he's like, wait, I I thought you said you had a brother. Mm. Yeah. And he says, oh, I mean, he's brother, brother brother-in-law. He feels like a brother. Mm-hmm. And you do like that's a good you know you you do buy it. It's a decent answer, but, but at the same time, you, you were the audience is put in a position where you're clearly supposed to that's supposed to raise a red flag for you. Like it's not obvious that he's lying, but it plants that seed. However, that's suspicion by that point, you've also as a, as the audience, you've picked up on the paranoia, and then you know that that Joel Edgerton's character is particularly susceptible to it. Yes. Yeah. So I think the red flag goes up for both of them. You know, you're like, this is where shit hits the fan because that may have been a lie. And even if it wasn't, that guy's going to lose his shit. Right. Yeah. And it plays into the whole thing with the dads basically doing whatever it takes to protect their family. Um, because the uh, younger dad family, mm-hmm. he lies multiple times but it's all in service of protecting his family because he was supposed to surrender all of his guns and he right. saved that one at the end right because ultimately he has to take care of his family and same thing with joel edgerton and his family and i do like that it also plays on the fact that um like no matter what you do to protect your family there's going to be things that you can't control and you know that yeah yeah it's like you can you can take every precaution and do your best to keep your yeah. family safe, but mm-hmm. there's always variables that come into play that you weren't expecting that just throw a wrench in the works. You can't stop what's coming. It is tough <laughs> to pull like a single message out of that movie because there were, there are no right answers in the scenario that they're put in because they do actually somebody gets sick. Mm-hmm. You know, the doors open, someone got sick, we're not sure who, <clears throat> and everybody supposedly ended up getting sick from that from what we had seen previously of the sickness that was going to infect all of them but what i what i really like about the the sickness is that they mention there's a detail early on where they say you know uh he started showing symptoms and within 24 hours Mm -hmm. he was dead the grandfather but this is just based on like their observation the only information we have is the information that they have they could all be infected you know, like they have no way of Some knowing. Some have like an immunity or something. Yeah, or it's just something. Something triggers, you know, yeah. like an outbreak. You know, like herpes or something. You know, like yeah. they get all stressed out and the sickness kicks in. You know, like they we have no way of knowing, and they take these precautions to like wear gas masks and not get sick. But they don't know. Like for all we know, it could be too late. You know, yeah, they could have been sick the whole time. And we have no way of knowing. So I really I like that aspect of the movie. Yeah, and I do like how this is the type of plot that this movie is is very familiar we've seen a lot of post-apocalyptic movies but they he does it in a fresh way because we literally don't find out anything like and you're in a cabin out in the woods there's some city. there's no like recap scene at the start no. that you know like gets you caught up to speed uh, with the outbreak like you're just focusing on this one family out in the woods the entire movie and that's very deliberate too because there's a scene where they're going back 
to mm-hmm. where uh, the guy was with his family because yeah. Joel Edgerton's character wanted to make sure they're not sick, and they run into two guys who open fire on them, and one of them is still alive because uh, the other father was beating the shit out of him, and then Joel Edgerton just fucking shoots him and kills mm-hmm. him, and then the other guy is like, "What did you do that for? We could have there could be other people nearby. We could have gotten information, you know." Like yeah. the one opportunity they had to maybe find new information. Mm-hmm. Squandered it because he just killed him. Right. So the only information we have is from these six people. Yeah. Oh, man. The ending really begs the question you have to go, like, you try and trace back to, like... I think it's just a natural reaction to try and figure out whose fault it was. Like, where did things go wrong? Should they have ever invited this family to live with them or Mm -hmm. not? Because someone opened the door, but also there was a decision that Joel makes the day before where he doesn't go after the dog. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's him trying to protect the family as much as possible. Whereas the kids having the emotional reaction, no, let's chase after the dog. Yeah. And if they'd gone after it, you know, maybe they all would have gotten sick quicker or maybe they wouldn't have gotten sick at all, you know? Well, cause the other thing is how did the dog get in there in the first place? Cause it was yeah. too wounded to get in there on its own. Yes. So someone must have let the dog in cause Travis. it was in that like foyer area Sorry, in between guys. the red door. <laughs> Fuck, fucking Travis. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but you don't know Travis could have been sleepwalking and let the he had a dream about the dog that, that night mm-hmm. he could have let the dog into the foyer and then the uh, the little kid got it got into it from the hallway or something along those lines but, but the kid was so short because the dad said he's barely tall enough to reach the lock yeah. and it's true the deadbolt's pretty high up yeah. on that door so anyway well, that's why I love though quite a bit of strength to open a door I mean not yeah. for you know, us, but for a little kid yeah, like that yeah. to grip the handle. But you just tracing it back, like trying to figure out just natural <clears throat> human instinct. It makes you empathize with the characters that are trying to make decisions and trying to piece together what happened. Yeah. And maybe make some rash decisions or just like take things too far. Yeah. Totally. And, and this may be a cop out or giving too much credit to the director, but I like how you're basically in the same position as the uh, characters in the movie like the audience is just as confused as the characters in the movie and we know just as much as them basically Mm -hmm. and some people would probably be um you know annoyed by that but for me i i enjoyed that aspect of it Mm -hmm. totally anything else before we do star ratings go see this movie it's awesome yeah yeah totally see it but you got to be in the right mindset i want to rewatch it Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's even better well, so okay, so let's, let's do star ratings. Uh, I was at a 4.5 the first time, just because I did really like it, but it felt a little derivative, you know? It was like it wasn't really doing anything new. It felt a lot like Night of the Living Dead. These are themes that we've seen tackled a lot, but on a mm-hmm. rewatch, the way it handles that and everything about the movie, from the visuals to the ambiguity of the plot to the performances, really made me realize like how great of a movie this is and yeah it might not be the most original movie but it does what it does it does it very well yeah yeah i gave it a 4.5 that's what i left the movie thinking i was going to give it for the same reasons mm-hmm. this conversation has made me want to give it a five do mm-hmm. it do it because probably gonna move I, that. same exact situation <laughs> with me i walked out of the theater rated it a 4.5 and then later on in the week i was like I gotta bump this up to a five. It's, I'm gonna it's, regret it's, this if I don't. You. I mean, oh, I yeah. was thinking about the movie a lot after I saw yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of movies in the last couple of weeks, and this is the one that I keep coming back to. Like, I keep thinking about it. I want to 
read and listen to everything about this movie. It's just, there's so much going on, but you have to dig deeper. Like if you just watch it on a base level, it, you're just going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not the horror movie you were looking for. Right. So if you come into it with these expectations, I think it's very rewarding. And there's definitely a level of artistry there that is to yeah. be appreciated. You got to dig deeper. Yeah. All right. Well, three five-star reviews. Is that a first time? A first uh, on the podcast? I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Nice. Who didn't give John Wick 2 five stars? That fucker over there. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> 4.5, though. Hey, you guys didn't give Get Out of 5, you fucker. 4.5? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that was my bad. I would I would give that five stars. Oh, okay. You would? I'm still at a 4.5. I'd I get out a lot. <laughs> I mean, biggest talking point of the year movie-wise for me. Fair enough. Best, best movie-going experience for me still. Sweet. Well, we've got a third review for you guys. Uh, we are going to be reviewing the book of Henry. Uh, we have yet another clip. Mm-hmm. Let's listen. Mom. Mm. That woman today at the grocery store, you didn't do anything to help her. I told you, it just wasn't our business. I think when someone hurts someone else, I I think it is our business. Well, I know it seems that way, but there was nothing I could do. Yeah, Mom, if if everybody did that, then there would be no one to look out for the people who just can't look out for themselves. All right, so The Book of Henry is the latest film from Colin Trevorrow. Is it Trevorrow or Trevorrow? I'm not sure on the proper pronunciation. I always say Trevor Rowe. Is that how you say it? I, I think I do both. It just depends on the day. <laughs> well, anyway. Trevorrow. This it depends is who tra- I'm talking to. <laughs> this is the director of Jurassic World and Safety Not Guaranteed. And he will be directing Star Wars Episode Nine. So this is his smaller movie, I guess, sandwiched in between two of the biggest movies ever made because we know star wars is gonna be huge Mm -hmm. so the plot synopsis on this is a single mother discovers a scheme in her son's book to rescue a young girl from the hands of her abusive stepfather and sets out to execute the plan at any cost Uh, this movie stars naomi watts uh jaden lieberher who was the kid in midnight special and uh jacob tremblay who was the kid from room Oh, okay. So we the got a good cast. Top notch. Yeah. We got Sarah Silverman in there. We got fucking uh, Hank from Breaking Bad. Yeah. He's the abusive stepfather. Hmm. Um, Maddie Ziegler. I mean, Maddie she's, Ziegler. She's coming yeah, up. In the I started world. my own fan account on Twitter. <laughs> um, That's an inside joke for our Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted. Uh, Get made, on Twitter. I made a tweet about uh, the movie, and it got a bunch of retweets. Colin Trevorrow even retweeted us. But anyway, we got a bunch of retweets from like six different Maddie Ziegler fan pages. <laughs> like, Tom, what's one of those years? <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> I missed you guys. <laughs> but uh, I love this movie. This is my favorite movie of the year. But this movie's getting shit on. Yes, Big it time. is getting shit on. Big time. I, I will say I really liked it as well. Um, just a little bit less than you, Matt. Mm-hmm. But definitely uh very enjoyable and i don't get why it's getting so much hate i feel like it's just like now it's fun to shit on colin trevorrow because he was like 
fast track to the biggest movies in the world in mm. like a matter of after making one small movie. Yeah, one small, well received movie, and then all of a sudden he's making Jurassic World. Yeah. So good for him. I mean, yeah, so right on. Is there a common theme among the critics, the haters, as we? I haven't read into reviews much. Yeah, I've been trying not to just so I don't let it like warp my own perception of the movie. But the gist of it is that it seems like people think the movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Mm -hmm. Like it's trying to juggle too many things and it's kind of tonally all over the place. I could, I could understand someone finding it a little cloying, maybe a little overly sentimental. Um, Apparently, you had mentioned that people think the kid is, like, a dick or something. Yeah, like, I I read on... I forget if it was an actual reviewer or just, like, some random person on Letterboxd, but someone was saying that uh, they didn't like the way that... They they thought that the main character talked down to everyone. I didn't get that. If he did do it in the movie, I think he did it a couple times. It was more in, like, a comedic way. Well, like, well yeah, like sarcasm, kind yeah. of. But the, the main one that they pointed out was, like, him talking to his doctor and basically, like, telling his doctor, like, what's up? And people just thought that was unbelievable. But, well, but the yeah. But a fucking genius. So. I don't... It is... Mm-hmm. I mean, it is kind of unbelievable. But I just... I I feel like the difference is that people weren't able to just let themselves go and just, like, yeah. embrace the conceit of the movie, which is that Henry is, like, mm-hmm. a, a boy genius. He's fucking Jimmy Neutron, you know? He's, like, inventing stuff out in a shack in the woods, and he is incredibly gifted. Um, and, like, Naomi Watts uh, is, like, asked... She, like, he does all of the book, like, balances the checkbook, and, like, does yeah, all the family's accounting. Yeah, he plays dad yeah. to an extent. Yeah. But I... the So the trailer for this movie makes it sound like well, I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say I was not emotionally prepared for this movie. It wrecked me. Like, I cried multiple yeah. times. <laughs> it was really sad. Like, I was not expecting it to go there. I didn't watch a trailer or, like, read a plot synopsis. All I knew was Colin Trevorrow was directing it, and then I, I knew Jacob Tremblay was in it because I looked at the cast list. I didn't even realize that was the kid from Midnight Special yeah, until, like, the first couple minutes of the movie. <laughs> but it's it's heartfelt it's funny Mm -hmm. uh it's playful there's so much whimsy in the movie what kind of roller coaster is it like an action movie is it uh no it's like um so basically uh henry henry has tried everything he can to expose this abuser who's his next door neighbor but he's like the police chief Mm -hmm. so he just gets stonewalled at every opportunity and has not found a way to stop him so basically, he has this book where he has an elaborate plan to basically stop the guy. So Naomi Watts essentially tries to put that plan into action. But um, yeah, it's basically uh, Disturbia slash say, Rear Window like meets like an '80s Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I I loved it. Like I just let myself go. I just uh, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of you know suspending disbelief just with the concept of the movie that he would be able to come up with this elaborate plan it's a little yeah it's a little much the it's actual a plan silly but in a way i don't know i was fine with it like yeah. everything everything the movie did mm-hmm. i was totally fine with it i was 100 percent on board naomi watts is fantastic in this movie she's yeah, probably my favorite really actress. Good. Mm-hmm. the kid from midnight special he's he's great yeah i'm excited to see him in more stuff um jago tremblay was who's good he was good he yeah. had one moment in particular where um 
Do we do we even really need to bother with spoilers? Because no, like we're we just gonna spoil the sad shit. In the yeah, movie, we can so. keep it. Generally. But there there's a moment where uh, Jacob Tremblay's character is talking to Naomi Watts, and he says something that just like stabbed me in the heart. Like it was so sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of little moments like that where Naomi Watts is dep- is you know depressed, and she doesn't know if she knows how to be a good mother, and there's just that that whole dynamic of. You know this family and how important Henry is to their yeah, and I, them. she's basically let him take care of everything for her. Mm-hmm. I don't well, yeah, I really. I, <laughs> <laughs> all I will say is that I can't recommend this movie enough. It's getting shit on by critics, and it seems like the audience also it's not being well received generally speaking but yeah but they're wrong if you just yeah if you just so. <laughs> let yourself go and just let the movie just be along for the ride um just to give you an example of how harsh people are being on this movie this mm-hmm. guy follow on letterbox i'll leave his name off but he but it's that shit his one sentence <laughs> review of this movie is this movie may have turned me off of film forever like, come on it's dude. a lot of just hyperbolic bullshit surrounding this movie and the thing is, is like I'm not even praising this movie more just because everyone else is shitting on it. I didn't, I didn't know it was know. getting yeah. shit on until afterwards. Because <laughs> hmm. me and Matt both walked out of the theater loving the movie, and then mm-hmm. the next day he's like, "Did you see it as a 25 percent on Rotten Tomatoes?" I was like, "What? Wow!" Because <laughs> yeah. I think I don't think there were really any. There was maybe like one uh, like press screening at like a like a Comic Con or something like that, and I think it got mixed reviews, but the verdict wasn't out yet. But then yeah. once those uh, screeners happened and the reviews started coming out, did not fare well. So you're not quite as high on it as Matt. I'm very high on it. Mm-hmm. Just it's not the best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Were you able to suspend your disbelief in the yeah. same way? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the, the hardest, I, like, I feel like the one thing that would trip people up the most is toward the end, like right before she's about to actually execute the plan. It's a little far-fetched. Like, the plan itself is, like, kind of crazy. and Yeah, I mean, and we would spoil it if we talked about it, but I, I think that scene could go either way. Right. I don't think it was ever his intention. Like, what you think she's about to do, I don't think it was Henry's intention for her to ever actually follow through with it. It was more about finding a different way to expose him, because he ends up... It, I don't want to spoil anything, but... Yeah, well... No, because it'll be a spoiler. Just go go see this movie. Take our word for it. Yeah. Send us an go email if you, you can. if you fucking hate it. Yeah. Send us an email. because I'm why. I'm very curious <laughs> to see... Don't just be an asshole and say it may have turned you off of film forever. Right? That's, <laughs> that's absurd. It's well, hopefully not I can that see bad. it sometime soon. Oh, I think you like it. Man, I'm just going through the list, so... The next one is I'm leaving the industry. <laughs> oh Jesus! A uh, half star review just just says Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ouch. Honestly, I think a lot of it is now that the movie is being received yeah. poorly, people are just, just like jumping, jumping on, on the bandwagon yeah, yeah. to shit on it and being as hyperbolic as they can. Give the movie a chance. Is all we're saying. I think. Yeah, it's it's good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, star ratings. Four and a half. Five out of five, baby. 
It's only the second five I've given all year. Well, no three. I bumped up. It comes at night two of five. So. What was your first one? John Wick. John Wick. John Wick. I've given two, I think. Wick. It comes at night and get out. Yeah. 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 So, Man, solid movie. movies this year. It's been a really solid year so far. And it's just going to get better. There's so much good stuff coming out. Dunkirk. I know, God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, let's talk about what else we've been watching. Uh, Travis and I will start off. Sorry to... No, save me for last because I only watched one. Oh, okay. Or not. I mean, it doesn't be last. So Travis and I were only able to see one movie at the Seattle International Film Festival, Uh which is now over. But we got the opportunity to see A Ghost Story, which is the new film from David Lowry, who did uh, Anthem Body Saints and The Peach Dragon. And uh, we were, what do you say, we were the first audience, or the biggest audience to see it. Like, it had only been screened yeah. at a did couple different places. Did you go look places. at his Instagram or wherever he posted that picture? Oh, because he took a picture of us. Yeah. No. Um, well, so I guess we can start there. So he was not scheduled to a, to attend, but mm-hmm. the director was there. Mm-hmm. So he that was introduced a cool surprise. He introduced the movie, and then there was a pretty lengthy Q and A afterwards. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, but it me... was full too. It was at the Uptown. Mm-hmm. It was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was full. Yeah, people go out for those shows. The line was around the building. Matt and I were very worried about where <laughs> we were going to sit, but we ended up getting a decent yeah, pretty, seat. Pretty good seats. Yeah. yeah, I didn't mind it. Uh, the plot synopsis for this movie reads, In this singular exploration of legacy, love, loss, and the enormity of existence, a recently deceased, white-sheeted ghost returns to his suburban home to try to reconnect with his bereft wife. Heavy shit. Yeah, wow, ambitious. Definitely ambitious. It's it's a weird movie. Uh, I did enjoy it. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, It is pretty self-indulgent i will yeah, say i was wondering it has a very deliberate pace uh it requires a lot of patience yeah. um i'll say especially the first 15 or 20 minutes or so well no it probably the first like half hour like once uh well don't want to spoil it, especially because this movie isn't out yet yeah. so i want to try and be well we saw him die in the trailer well there was a point. obviously you know Cass- <laughs> yeah. casey affleck is dead there was a point probably around the 15 or 20 minute mark where I was almost about to give up on the movie just because how like long the camera would linger and part of the time it just didn't feel like there was a reason behind it. Yeah, it was just... Just to pad the runtime, maybe. That's why I was. That's why I would say it's self-indulgent because yeah. uh, it definitely uh, takes its sweet time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a shot where... So Casey Affleck is dead and Rooney Mara kind of says goodbye and then the camera just lingers on him on like the not the you know like the cold metal table you know and like a morgue or whatever so he's just under the sheet and probably like a good minute there's nothing on the screen it's just you just see his body sitting there yeah and then you're like it felt longer than okay (laughs) fucking what's gonna happen and then the ghost he sits up and then that's kind of where the movie kicks off from there and then uh, really cool visuals. We should say uh, the aspect ratio for this movie is uh, Academy ratio, which I believe is it's basically a square. Yeah, it's like a home video. So there are bars on the top and bottom and the left and right, and mm-hmm. then the corners of the screen are rounded off. Mm-hmm. So like the corners are black, and then you just have it like it rounded off. Which it was 
cool i haven't seen a movie do that like a modern movie yeah Yeah. and it worked for this type of movie too yeah it was really cool so is the ghost like a legitimate character does he interact because in the trailer you see him in the background a lot that's what it is it's it's him observing does it get a little old with the ghost in the background it just felt a little bit even in the trailer felt a little bit gimmicky or something or like distracting kind of it was well see because that's what the movie is trying to explore so you see you know uh the part that i found most interesting was just seeing how rooney mara you know her grief and him being able to just see her without him and how she's reacting to his death yeah and being in the home without him like that was what i found most interesting Mm -hmm. but after that there's still like 40 minutes left in the movie so he he does interact with another ghost we can say that so he sees he like doesn't the house, help her, like make a clay base or something. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the house, the house next door, take a breath away. has a ghost also. <laughs> so he looks out the window and he sees another ghost, and they like talk, like there's subtitles. That it's just that there's what? there's no voices. It's just them staring at each other, and you see subtitles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the movie is about like I mean, it says it in the synopsis, like the enormity of time. Like, he stays in the house after Unimara leaves. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't as interested in the movie after that. Like, it was cool. Um, it does some really cool things visually. But yeah, the subject matter wasn't as interesting to me as the grief. Like, I was more interested. I wanted more of the Unimara stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, their relationship and how she... Like, that's a really cool concept. Like, the, him being able to watch his loved one and how she's reacting, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's tough yeah. to watch. Well, yeah. And the movie gets really small when it's just, you know, them, t- those two characters in the movie. And then it gets like very big with its ideas and what's all going on in the movie, but it doesn't really like flesh any of those out. It just kind of presents them. Yeah. And I, I will say that the way the movie handles time is kind of strange. Like all I'll say is that it kind of circles back in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, ambiguous, and it's kind bit. of, yeah. Um, I don't know that I really want to watch this movie anymore. It's it's good. It's a cool, I thought it was a cool exercise. Like, he may have not nailed it, but it was still, like, a cool idea. Yeah. It's definitely worth a watch. It's, it's very interesting. Like I said, it it's a little... tedious. He takes himself yeah. a little serious, I think, this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I couldn't tell. I was like, what kind of movie is this is it like a swiss army man you know because he's, it has he's a big of fan like a... of uh, terrence malick if that means okay. anything yeah, does. that's one of his huge, biggest influences mm-hmm. um not too much more to say uh it comes out early july mm-hmm. and i would recommend it mm-hmm. uh i give it a four out of five. Oh, i was gonna say a couple more things about it four out of five mind. boom oh no, go ahead go ahead and then give your start <laughs> i was gonna just say that um even though i know it wasn't the point of the movie uh i will I just I want a little bit more of Casey Affleck. It made me just want to go watch Manchester by the Sea again. <laughs> we should say he's that, barely, mm-hmm. you know, him as the actor. He's barely in it. Most of the movie is him covered in the sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we should say the do- the director gave some insight into like how they created the ghost. Oh yeah, because it's not it's not just a, a blank, you know, a, a white sheet draped over a person. Like they had like a wire frame that Casey Affleck was in so that they could like make sure that the, the sheet contoured perfectly mm-hmm. and that he wouldn't trip on it as he's walking. So apparently it took a while to get the look perfect. It did look really good. It was, it was cool. Yeah, I, it was, I really did like that. Yeah. Like 
the idea of the ghost just being someone with a sheet on, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's kind of what it's kind of goofy, but it, it worked for the movie. I yeah. thought that was kind of a cool. Yeah, touch. that's why I was wondering because it is kind of goofy, just seeing like, oh, this is a ghost, but it's not a scary one, and it's just kind of a bed sheet. So, am I supposed to be like mm-hmm. mean or mm-hmm. like is this a feel good movie? It looks pretty bleak. It, it's it's yeah, pretty depressing. Yeah. Um, there's some really cool shots in it too. Like one of the shots in the trailer is of the house. And then uh, you see the ghost come in from the bottom center of the frame. So you just see his head appear as he's mm-hmm. walking down like the path toward the front door. That was a cool shot. There's a shot of a shot in like, the fields. Very far out, like helicopter shot. Of yeah, the especially ghost in just... that um, aspect ratio, yeah. too. It would yeah. look cool. Definitely the film has merit. I do. I feel like if I watched it again, I might like it more just because I, I'm, I know yeah. what I'm getting myself into, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else you want to say about it before we move on? Uh, nah. We're okay. good. Uh, three and three point five for me. I always yeah. got to go point five less than that. Because <laughs> you're the real deal, man. Cool, cool. Uh, so I have a fair amount of stuff that I watched, and you you have quite a bit too, Travis. Right? Like always, yep. Oh man, you want to go first? Yeah, rip a few off, dude. Lightning round. Here we go. So, uh, I watched Batman and Robin. I mainly watched that because I'd watched all of the Batman movies, the older ones, you know, mm-hmm. except like the one from the 60s. Uh, I watched all of them maybe like a year ago or so, and then I was going to do this one, but I was dreading watching this one just because I know how much people don't like it. So I took a break, and then after we did that top five list last week, uh, I decided to finally watch it. Felt compelled. Yeah, and... Um, so I saw this when I was a kid, obviously. I'm sure I liked it when I was a kid, but this movie is god-awful. Who's uh, Batman in this one? Clooney. George Clooney. Okay, yeah, so Batman. And he plays Robin's wearing, George like, Clooney. the red, like... <laughs> the bad George Clooney. I guess he always wears red and green. The first... <laughs> Not helpful. <laughs> like, even within the first two minutes of the movie, you're just like, oh, God. Oh, the nipples? Yeah, so the good. crotch shots. Yeah, like, dude. What? Lots of crotch shots? Well, there's just, like, unnecessary crotch shots of... Batman, Robin, and is it Batgirl? Is that what yeah. her name is? Yeah. Or is that who she's supposed to be? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, Alicia Silverstone, right? Yeah. The performances are all terrible. It's goofy as fuck. Um, it's just, it's so bad. I mean, mm-hmm. I there's not one redeeming quality. Matt likes this movie. Mm-hmm. Loves this movie. Well, I don't want to go how, that far. But, Who's but, the villain? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God, Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People love this movie. It's, I have some of my It's not fun. Fucking I, loves it. Honestly, it's so fun. It's, it's, it's not fun. so much fun. I, it's so dumb, so campy. I can't believe the movie was even made. Right. I can enjoy it on that level. Like Ugh. it's just so batshit crazy. Batshit. Mm. Uh it's so fucking weird like this the part where uh they're like in the Batmobile, and they're like riding it down that like statue or something. Yeah, that it's, looks terrible. Yeah, it does yeah. look pretty bad. For how much money they spent on this movie, it it looks awful too. Yeah, I mean, I know it's from the nineties. Poison Ivy also in that movie. Yeah, yes. and Uma yes. Thurman is terrible Uma, in this. Uma? Everyone gives a terrible performance. Everything is so campy. Bane is literally a monster. Top. He doesn't say one thing. He's just like a. Almost, like a, he looks like, like a, a luchador yeah. he's like a giant he which is like so a... disappointing after watching tom hardy play bane in the mm-hmm. nolan movies like it's just like i don't know there's nothing to like about it and i can see how people like it for like the campiness of it but for me like it, this it's just a waste of my time 
So the the thing that baffles me is not that you hated it so much. It's that you love Batman Forever, which yeah. is also pretty campy. Five stars. Yeah. So he gave <laughs> Batman Forever five stars, but Batman and Robin point five. But see, I don't know how to really explain it, but that one to me is a lot of fun, and this one just isn't. It's definitely and worse, but the uh, Batman is it? I always can't like remember which title is which for these. So. Batman Robin is the one with Arnold. And then mm-hmm. what's the third one? Batman Forever. Batman for- okay, and then second one's Batman Returns. Yes. Okay, so Batman yes. Forever. I remember it being, like, visually pleasing. Which villain? The uh, Riddler Carey and, and Two-Face. Okay. Yeah, and the, the way they play off each other is a lot of fun. Tommy Lee. And I, th- I think they give, actually, like, at least decent performances. Is Jim that Val pretty bad. Yeah, it is Val Kilmer. Uh, but I think it works for that type of character because he's kind of like a weird mad scientist type thing. Yeah, I like it. He's way over the top. Yeah. But that's why I like both of those movies. It doesn't even seem like Arnold's trying in this. I it, know. That's what's so uh, great. No. <laughs> I mean, you can you can argue that all you want. All of his lines are like awesome one-liners. I was going to say, They're what's his best like, one-liners? Is it like, cool, cool off it. or something? Cool it. Oh, there's a... <laughs> Freeze. Hang on, I'm going to pull up the quotes. If you want to keep talking, Travis. <laughs> Hands up. Freeze. <laughs> it's so bad. No, no, no. It's so good. All right. Well. Hate it. I'm I, not going to watch it. I have the uh, anthology, and I'd love to get rid of this one, but then it would make that anthology incomplete, so it's going to have to stay in my collection. What a shame. I know. Are you also? Did you also watch the entire Batman television series in honor of Mr. West? I did not. Maybe someday. I did actually start that a long time ago, and I was watching it on my lunch, but then I kind of gave up. All the episodes are kind of the same. When are they from? I think like the 90s. The 90s? Oh, wait. No, no, no. You're not talking about the animated series? No, no, no. With Adam West. Oh, sorry. Mm. I thought you meant like the animated series from the 90s. <laughs> no. I do want to watch the one from the 60s, though. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was only on TV. I don't... There was a Batman movie, too. Okay. Anyway, so let's quit wasting time on this piece of shit. Yeah, all right. What's next? Uh, so I watched Dumbo for the first time. First time? I don't really? believe I've ever seen it. Wait, what's weird. That? how's that song go? Da-da, da-da. Pink elephants on parade. That's the best scene of the movie. The pink elephant scene? Yeah, it's awesome. It's terrifying. That scene is terrifying. It's fucking weird. But it's cool. It's super cool. Like inspired i don't think I've seen, yeah. I haven't seen dumbo since oh I was yeah a kid. i mean this movie's like 70 something years old and yeah. it it still holds up it's it's great i didn't know that they had acid back then Clearly <laughs> <they did laughs> because that is some weird shit you do not see peak elephants when you're drunk no yeah no i just like the simplicity of it and it's just a great story mm-hmm. dumbo gets his revenge in the end i like the uh the bird characters yeah, and they're oh, all played yeah. by black actors, I'm pretty sure. But it, it works so perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might have been... A little bit. A little racist, I guess. But <laughs> it was the 40s. But still, like it's they work perfectly. And I, I'm like generally complimenting mm-hmm. their voice acting. Mm-hmm. Like It just works so good as those... It's like a group of crows, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a murder of crows. Excuse yeah. you. Fuck <laughs> off, man. <laughs> I, don't remember the, I don't remember the whole story very well, but I did just rewatch it's the very, elephant scene. It's very simple. Yeah. Do you want me to say it? Or? Well, he uh, he can fly with his ears, right? Spoilers. <laughs> Works in the circus. Whoa, whoa. Uh, the, the guy has... He basically his, gets... His, uh, 
chest thing keeps rolling up into his mustache, which is hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They try and exploit him, and then it just goes terribly wrong, and he gets just, like, terribly embarrassed in front of everyone. Oh, yeah. And then he finds his real talent, and then he uses that talent to make himself shine. Right. Okay. It's great. It's good stuff. All right. Uh, me again? How many do you have? I think I counted like 13 or 14, oh but that was God. with all the new releases, so do, probably about 10. Do one more. Do one more. Okay. So I watched Long Weekend. It's one of those movies that was on that uh, documentary I that I watched. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Long 24 hours. Uh, so Long Weekend is basically like a, uh environmentalist movie where it's this couple who don't really get along and they just want to go away for a weekend and try and actually you know enjoy themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're constantly bickering at each other and uh the 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 male wants to go on this weekend camping trip and you know just do do shit in the woods and then uh his girlfriend or wife i forget if they're married or not um she just wants to go relax at like a hotel or something like that but anyway so he he wins they go camping and like i said they're not a very good couple like they don't get along very well um, and then also they're just kind of bad people. Like he litters, he like runs over, I, he, I think he hits a kangaroo or something on the way, but just like doesn't even blink. Are they in Australia? Blink not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those. Oh yeah. I didn't even bring up the documentary. The not quite Hollywood documentary that I watched a couple months ago about all the like Australian exploitation movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. This okay. is one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was good. I didn't love it, but I did think it was good. I was more interested in the dynamic between the uh, two characters more than the environmentalist stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stuff's important, but it just didn't resonate with me as much. I would have wanted to see more between the two characters, mm-hmm. but it, sure. it's a fun movie. Like, uh, basically, uh, nature gets revenge on these two characters. So it's the happening. No. <laughs> I mean, that's the point of the happening, isn't it? Does anybody know what the point of the happening is? I haven't seen it. Oh, the the trees. The reason why everyone is killing themselves is because the, the, the planet is like... Oh, nature you as, guys, in, sorry, you're killing as in like animals. Not... That sounds stupid. Not trees or air. No, well, like animals attack them, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Final someone gets killed by a, but with animals. Someone gets killed by a tiger yeah, in the and happening. It's, it's got a good ironic ending to it as well. It's good stuff. Cool. I bought this on Blu-ray. Either you guys are curious in watching yeah, it. Mildly curious, but yeah, maybe someday. All right, I can knock out a couple. Okay. Uh, I watched A Street Cat Named Bob. You guys ever heard of this? Ah, uh, no. I've heard of the first movie in the series, Street Streetcar Named Desire. Desire, yeah. That's <laughs> the sequel. Um, this was on Netflix. I was just hanging out with someone. Who? Yes. Anyway, and we just wanted to watch a movie, so this is what we found, and it's based on a true story. So it's about this uh, uh, homeless like busker in uh, England who uh, is a very talented musician, but he has a drug problem. And uh, this like counselor gives him like one last chance and like gets him in like a uh, a room, basically like a, an apartment mm-hmm. that he can stay in. Uh, and he leaves his window open, and this cat just comes in off the street mm-hmm. and uh he develops this relationship with the cat and he brings the cat with him to like perform uh so it's basically about their relationship uh it's you know it's not a great movie but i fucking love cats so it that bumped it up like a full star on that yes. alone um what kind of cat is it 
It's a tabby cat, an orange tabby cat. Yeah, I I was picturing an orange tabby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's... How about you, Travis? Did you see the cover? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the cat's on well, it's a little, sense. it's it's a little, it's a little cloying, but it's you know it's sweet, it's sad. You know the movie does what it's trying to do. Uh, the performances are fine. Cat kills. Yeah. Uh, I found out at the end of the movie because uh, they they do the thing where they show like the pictures of the real dude and the cat, and I was like, God, that cat is spot on. Like they have perfect <laughs> casting on the cat. Yeah. Turns out it was Bob. Wow. Like the real Bob. <laughs> no one does it like the, he's star, like the real guy. He's stars in it. It's a super well-behaved cat. Like hmm. no background in acting. This cat just comes in and, and slays. Nice. Uh, it was. It was. It was good. I does can't really recommend like, it. But does he ever jump on the on like uh, the drums at the right moment or something? No, he plays guitar. So mostly the cat <laughs> oh is just God. like sitting on his shoulders while the dude plays guitar. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the cat playing guitar. Oh, the cat. That, that would like, be pretty dumb. I don't want to watch. This <laughs> Based on a true story. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was okay. Um, and then I also watched Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Oh my god. Honestly, I don't really remember anything about it. Like, it all, it's so fucking messy. Who wins their fights? A fucking Superman dies. Ouch. Oh. He gets fucking I, I, That's already been spoiled. Batman me. kills him? No, Doomsday kills him. Mm. Would He's you say that we should watch this? No. Okay. No. It's you. You don't really need to see it to Did see I miss the any, upcoming like, thing as far as plot details go. Superman's dead. That's, That's why it. he's not in any. But of But he's going to come League. back, right? Well, so the movie ends with like his uh, his casket, and then you see like the dirt start to tremble, and oh, then it cuts to black. Oh shit! Um, it's so fucking bad. Jesse Eisenberg is terrible as Lex Luthor. Mm. He has this like kind of manic, crazy person energy, and he's just. That's not what I picture. He's not what I want from Lex Luthor. Um, he always rubbed me the wrong way from the trailer. That's one of the main reasons that like yeah. kind of turned me off of the movie. The trailer looked terrible with his scene when they're at like yeah. the dinner party or yeah. something. He's it's bad like, in it. Don't use this to solve the movie. Yeah, God, why did they pick that? Ben Affleck is super generic. All of the humor fails. Like, there's you know a couple moments where they try and make jokes. It does not work. I hate him. As it's a bad so. Man. Yeah, I mean, he looks the part, yeah, but... I know we've already why do you this. Why do you hate him as Batman, We've though? talked about this way too much. Just why Ben but, Affleck? But you he haven't, could have picked anything. You haven't seen him play him yet, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, he's just not... He's exactly what you would think. Exactly. I, I see nothing... He brings nothing to the role. No. No. He's like a filler role while you look for the next big thing. <laughs> he's probably so a better Batman him. than George Clooney. Got him. Yeah, sick burn. <laughs> Um, it's just not very good. The plot doesn't make any sense. There's ju- it jumps from scene to scene, and you have no idea why you're there or what's happening. Uh, it's a fucking mess. Sounds no. like Batman and Robin. <laughs> it's there. There are a couple cool sequences that I didn't mind. Wonder Woman's really good in it. Um, How much is she in it? She's barely in it. She has maybe ten minutes of screen time. Yeah. I feel like you got to watch it just for that, Tom. She's good. Yeah, she forward. is good. Yeah uh yeah i mean i i wanted to watch it and i'll do the same thing with suicide squad because i've been talking a bunch of shit on it having not seen it so now my shit talking is justified i watched I actually... about 15 minutes of suicide squad this, yeah. uh, this weekend just as i had to turn it off nah, but you, oh yeah you did watch it though right you saw it you've already seen it yeah, though. yeah. Seen it. i still think it's bad but probably not as bad as i said it was yeah yeah you so were, you were pretty mean about it no well <laughs> 
I think it's just because I saw it in theaters and I didn't want to and I knew it was going to be bad and then it yeah. was bad. And so yeah. it was just like... When you're forced to watch something and it turns out to be exactly what you thought it was going to be, it's, so it's, it's, it makes it that much worse. Yeah. <laughs> God. But uh, that's it for that. I've got, I only have three other things. Do Tom we want to talk about one. Nacho Libre real quick? Sure. What? Yeah, real quick. I've never seen it before. So you saw it? We watched it before we went and saw a ghost story. Mm-hmm. Hey-o. <laughs> it's, right. so it's, it's so good. It's so good. He did not like it that much. I liked it, but I would just, that's basically where I would leave it at. It, I only laughed, uh, like, good laughs, like, a few times in the movie. I was cracking up. And I had seen it before, too. Get yeah. that corn out of my face! <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best part. <laughs> and just him serving food at his little village <laughs> yeah, is amazing. Yeah. When he just slops the beans on oh, there. Be grateful, one Pablo. <laughs> Today is especially delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Or the part where he sings. He delivers for that oh, giant at the party? salad, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny. It has a really cool visual look to Everything, it as well. Yeah. yeah, it's so bright that's one. Uh, that's something I did notice and I appreciated. Because most comedies could give a fuck about the way it looks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every, dude, every scene is so just... It's so... It's not like laugh out loud, kind of. But it's so amusing. Mm-hmm. Everything is like this kind of bemused magical i mean it's supposed to be real but you have no idea what time it is like what year it is Mm -hmm. either this is some backwoods like kind of community somewhere in mexico or it's like 30 years ago you know you have no idea so i also really appreciate how good the actual like wrestling scenes were yeah like (laughs) they're choreographed really well they're great yeah so i'm gonna speak to you only in naturally break quotes like starting after this podcast. Okay. Deal. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was cool. And uh, what else you got? I could do a couple more. So the New York Times did a top twenty-five of the century, mm-hmm. and number two was Spirited Away, and mm-hmm. number three was Million Dollar Baby. So I watched both of those. Mm-hmm. Were those both first, first watches? No. Uh, first time watch for Spirited Away, and Million Dollar That's Baby was a rewatch. Spirited Away was good, but people need to settle down. No, you need to settle (laughs) up. That movie's amazing. I just, I don't think anime is my... Your cup of tea? Yeah, I like it, and I did enjoy Paprika quite a bit. Um, But this, I mean, this one's good. It's kind of like an Alice in Wonderland type movie, in a way. Yeah. Did you like uh, the No-Face character? I thought he was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the animation's good. Like the drawings and stuff are really cool and yeah, well, the out there original. It, though, are kind of upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's good, but I, I just think for me, it's I'm just I probably won't ever be as into anime as I am as like Pixar stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, wait, so this top twenty-five was for what time period? Uh, of this of century. century. So okay. 2000 and beyond. Okay. When you guys watch anime movies, do you watch the dubs or do you watch the subtitles? Subtitles. Subtitles. Always. See, I I could see why you would want to do that. But for me, I think I'm... Because I did actually start this movie in the subtitles. But then I realized I was focusing more on reading it than actually looking at the animation of it. So I went to dub just so I could focus more on the picture of the movie rather than... Because I, I feel like you don't lose anything, really. Especially because like, it's not like the 
you know, mouth is going to match up anyway. So. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> and I will say that the the dubs for the Miyazaki films are are pretty good. Yeah, they're generally pretty good. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the Spirit Away dub, but the Grave of the Fireflies dub is good, but not as good as the Japanese voice actors. Yeah, I wouldn't say you really lose anything. This is the first just... movie I've I switched over to the dub version. To the dub version All the yeah. other animes I've watched were in. The reason I watched the subtitles, and actually, I think I did watch Spirited Away's dub version, but typically I'll watch the subtitles, is because I have a hard time connecting with anime in the first place. So you would think that watching it in dubs would make that easier, but for yeah. me, it makes it more difficult because you hear somebody speaking in English, but the sentences seem maybe structured strangely or just super simplistic. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel like I'm watching kind of a dumb movie. But when I listen to it in Japanese and then wa- and then read the subtitles, it's just, I understand, okay, this is a translation of another language where you can hear all of the natural intonations yeah. and changes in pace and everything. And like, I don't, I know, I don't know what they're saying, but I, I feel like it's, uh, it's not losing the complexity that it yeah loses sure to. well and was just talking about subtitles in general like i don't mind them but it does suck having to read them because it does yeah. force you to look at the bottom of the screen yeah so distract yeah, yeah you lose a little bit yeah sure and then what about million dollar baby uh so yeah rewatch um i really liked this movie when i first saw it but i was a lot younger then so um but now it's it's pretty generic. Like the directing is very generic. Even the performances and some of the lines of dialogue are not that great. And I don't know. I just feel like it hasn't aged very well, or people just got really excited about it. Because didn't it? Did it win Best Picture? Or I think it, I think it did. Yeah, and Hilary Swank won Best Actress. She's really good in it. But like uh, Clint Eastwood is okay, and um, just some of the lines he says to her just feel so forced or like just not natural. Right. And um, then uh, Morgan Freeman, he's just kind of in the background, and I totally forgot he was in. Has this I didn't even know he was in clips. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's sad. And the thing is, is that I think once you've seen the movie, you know what happens. It's going to lose that impactfulness on a rewatch. Right. Right. The boxing stuff is good, and it's a good like. It's uh, pretty high on the list, though, for a million dollar number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really... shouldn't even be on the list. No, I don't think so. I agree, yeah. Did you read the list though? It's pretty weird. Hmm. There's some It's a good story. I mean, but yeah, like I said, it's just it's pretty generic. I would like to watch it again just cuz I've only seen it one time, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, should I Yeah, I have three more, so All right, let me let me just do mine. Uh, I also I've got two more movies and then TV thing. I watched Masterminds because of Nacho Libre. So Masterminds is directed by <laughs> Jared Hess. Excuse me. Directed by Jared Hess, and he did Napoleon Dynamite, Nacho Libre. And this is a movie that came out last year with uh, Zach Galifianakis, Kristen Wiig. It's like the heist movie. Mm. Um, I had a good time with it. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. It's pretty wacky. It's dumb. But uh, the performances are good. I like Owen Wilson in it. Uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis is hilarious i'm surprised i haven't seen this or heard more about it it wasn't super well received um which i think you can say about most of jared hess's movies there you feel like you either love them or you don't um it's very quirky uh the basically the move they uh zach alfanakis is kind of like 
schlubby guy who's uh, married weird. to Kate McKinnon, and Kate McKinnon is like really she's a fucking weirdo and she's always like has this fake smile on her face she's pretty good but basically they they basically trick him into stealing a bunch of money because he works for um they service like atms Mm. so there's just like a bunch of cash on hand so they basically convince him to be their inside man and then they fuck him over so it's about him trying to get back at them and italian job yeah exactly (laughs) and no one in the movie is very capable so it's a lot of just like dumb hijinks and trying to like one-up each other and it's funny i enjoyed it it's not amazing by any means but worth a watch it's on netflix now that's where i watched it uh so i watched that and i watched war on everyone which is the new john michael mcdonough movie who did calvary and the guard brother of um What's the other McDonough's name? Martin. Martin McDonough, who did Seven Psychopath and In Bruges. Mm, okay. His brother. We're on everyone. It's like a dirty cop movie. Uh, it's got Michael Pena and Alexander Skarsgård. It was awful. It, it's the worst movie I've seen this year. I think it's technically a 2016 release, but it didn't get a release here until 2017. So I'm, I'm considering a 2017 movie. It's really bad. It's really unfunny. It's offensive in a bad way. Like, there's a trans character who only exists to make a joke about how, like, if, if, if she's pre-op, then are you gay? Like, you know, just stupid oh jokes gosh. like that. That's the only yeah. reason her character is there. Um, I don't like Michael Pena. That guy annoys the fuck out of me. What? I know you He's, like him. I gotta see a picture of this dude. I like him He's in Edge. Range. I like him in uh, Edge of Edge of Watch. Is that what End of called? Watch. End of Watch. Yeah, I like him in that. He's funny in Ant Man. I haven't seen Ant Man. Uh. I, that, I just I don't like that guy. I mm. do not like him. Alexander Skarsgård is bad. The movie's really messy. It's kind of all over the place. It doesn't really have a point. The uh, performances aren't great. The writing is you bad. Love these guys, the these brothers. So yeah, I love Calvary. Disappointed. Calvary is one of my favorite movies from that year. Uh, this is bad. Yeah, big big disappointment. Do not recommend. Bummer. <laughs> um, Bummer for you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Um. My last thing is a TV thing, so I can save that. Okay, so is I watched. <laughs> no. Wait, have you done anything yet, Tom? No. You only Did have you one wanna... thing. I only have one thing. Oh, okay. Well, well fuck off. No. <laughs> 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 uh, so I watched Hello, My Name is Doris. Oh, I've been meaning to watch that. Interesting thing about this is that I didn't realize who the director was until after I watched it. He did The Big Sick. Oh, I thought Kumail Nanjiani directed. Did he just write uh-huh. The Big Sick? He might have wrote it, but yeah, the director is Michael Showalter. Oh, yeah, he also did uh, um, What Hot American Summer. The TV show or the movie? The movie. Doesn't say so. Right, no, well, Michael Showalter is one of those guys. So there's Michael Ian Black, Michael Showalter, and then... Uh, what's Another the guy's Michael? <laughs> no. Uh, Michael Shannon. Michael Michael Showalter is uh, the main character in Wet Hot American Summer. He is? Yeah. Okay, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is, it was pretty good. It's basically about this um, older lady played by uh, Sally Field. She's like in her 60s and she's awesome. uh, a pack rat. Like um, she loses her mom and then she's living in her mom's home and she just like doesn't get out very much. Uh, she doesn't really have a social life and she, you know, she's just like a total pack rat, can't let anything go. And then 
um, she gets this interest in this younger guy at her work, and that so she wants to pursue her interest in him. Mm. And so it plays with this whole, um, like, there's, like, clues to him kind of liking her, you know, like, being somewhat attracted to her, at least having fun with her Reciprocating her. a little bit. Yeah, but she reads way more into it, and that's basically, like, the plot of the movie. Okay. Um, it's pretty funny. I laughed a couple times. Um, yeah, um, it mainly just got me excited to see the big sick. I am pretty more. excited for that. So worth watching but nothing to really write home about sounds like yeah I, I would say it's not a waste of your time but you know it's i'm already assuming the big six gonna be a better movie mm-hmm. <laughs> the trailer looks really good for that movie it does yeah oh yeah i want to see that with kumail mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll check this out still oh yeah and the the guy who plays uh the guy she's interested in is uh is it nick schmidt or no yeah schmitty from a uh, new girl Jake Johnson? No, the other guy. Something Fremont. Oh, I don't know. I don't watch that piece of shit show. <laughs> new World? No, not the new stuff. I never liked Old it. Old Girl was good. <laughs> and Sally Field is really good in it, by the way. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And then... Uh, Who? So the thing I was most excited to talk about this week, and definitely the best thing I've watched in quite some time, is Safe, directed by Todd Haynes. Yeah. Starring Julianne Moore. Who gives one of the best performances of her career? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie, you've seen, you've seen this map. I own it. He owns it, yeah. Oh, which I had no idea until after I'd watched it. So I rented this at the library, but I rented it blindly. I usually, you know, put them on hold and pick them up. But then uh, one of the days I had some extra time, so I just went and browsed, and I saw this, and it sounded interesting. So I picked it up and watched it, and I loved it. Um, it's basically about this about Julianne Moore, her character. Um, she develops this like environmentalist or illness right? environmental illness. or environmental illness yeah sorry mm-hmm. and uh but there it there's definitely more going on like it's a metaphor for many other things it's the whole environmental illness is played straight but in the movie like nothing is actually happening that's not really what it's trying to say as far as I mean, like you said, right. like it's, it's a it stands in for like the larger themes of the movie. Yeah, but... and you can read into it in like multiple different ways because like you could look at it from like the AIDS epidemic perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really resonated with me was just like her not being able to connect to this world that she's living in. Uh, but there's like very like literal scenes, but they you know mean something completely different. Okay. Like she's driving behind a truck and. Uh, like the smoke or what the exhaust, the exhaust is getting into her car and she starts freaking out and coughing and she has to pull over and but that's basically just her like not being able to connect to this world and just like how it's because she's like in traffic at the same time and like um with like her husband she doesn't really connect with them like they there's like a sex scene at the very start and it's very awkward mm-hmm. like you can tell she's not enjoying it um, and she like pats him on the back at the end, which is kind of awkward. <laughs> like, Nobody wants that. No, but yeah, it basically just shows her deteriorating like throughout the movie. And so, is it like uh, kind of a thrilling movie, or no? It's it, it's a drama. The, some of the images I saw looked. A little it bit has like... some horror elements to it. Like it's kind of creepy at times, yeah, and the creepy. score even plays into that a little yeah. bit. Okay. 
Uh, the movie is beautifully shot, though. Like, everything is framed perfectly. When's it from? The 90s. I think, uh, 95. 95, I think. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Out of its time. Definitely, yeah. That's and great. I feel like it even probably, like, speaks more to today than it did back in the 90s. And I know people like this movie a lot, but I think it's... Gained, underrated. Yeah, definitely underrated. I Like I said, I haven't even never heard of it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'm excited about this. I think it might be something that... Yeah, I'll let you borrow it. I think you'll be into it. Watch with the lady. Yeah, she would probably like it too. She Mm -hmm. likes Julianne Moore, right? Mm -hmm. Who doesn't? doesn't? (laughs) Yeah, she's great. It's one of her best performances, though. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Yeah. Was that it for you? Love it, love it, love it. Uh, No, so I watched Poison, which was Todd Haynes' first feature film. Mm. It was okay. It's pretty experimental, and it's pretty artsy, too. Like, you know, like a student film type thing. Yeah. Uh, pretty ambitious. Uh, he's, it's like three stories. So it's, there's like this gay guy in prison. And then there's also like this scientist who drinks some serum. And then he basically becomes a leper. And then there's like another part about um, like the seven-year-old who kills his dad and flies away. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, like it's okay. the movie's very weird. Um I respected it, but it didn't really grab me in any way. Um the most inter- interesting uh story was the the leper one just cuz it plays kind of like a old school style horror movie mm-hmm. and he's like an outcast to like the whole society. And it uh it's playing with the whole like being gay or, you know, having AIDS and just not you're like an outcast, basically. Yeah. So good stuff. Cool. How did you watch it? Uh, Amazon. I I probably wouldn't recommend anyone watching this one, um, just because it's pretty out there. <laughs> Unless you're check it out, though. I a love Todd Haynes completist. I definitely want to check out his other, his other stuff, though. I haven't watched anything else of his. Safe was my first experience, and I'm I'm kind of bummed that it was because I feel like nothing's going to be able to. Top that. Far his, from heaven is from incredible, safe. dude. Safe is very high. You up don't there know until me. you see far from. I know, heaven. I know, but still, <laughs> cool. That's it far for me. Heaven. Besides uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game. Okay, Tom, you want to talk about your thing? Sure. Uh, well, I watched Transparent. More Transparent. The so show good. is great, right? I'm burning through it. I I didn't get to watch very much of it this week, but I'm probably halfway through season two, so I'll be done with it shortly mm-hmm. uh still love every single thing about it and you then, sound very excited uh, <laughs> <laughs> i've already said all the things i need to say yeah about it, i think tv is exhausting i know <sighs> it's oh, an, we, also an exhausting <laughs> show too i mean it's we did it's start dense. um the new season of orange is new or yeah orange is the new black no oh, yeah and the first episode was crazy but it felt a little bit disjointed to me i don't know you guys watch it i haven't started yet okay i was watching that series up until like season three and then i kind of gave up on it season three is the worst season yeah i think this is season five yes it i is. think that's why i gave up on it. i just wasn't enjoying it anymore i didn't it's really want to watch four i waited until sarah had seen all of it and then i started watching yeah. it again with a friend but four is awesome it might be the best yeah well maybe, yeah. maybe the first one's probably the i'd best, like to but... go back to it It was one of those things where chelsea and i were watching it together and she was the one to keep one 
to mm-hmm. power through it, but mm-hmm. I, I kept resisting. So finally, she's like, "Can I just watch it on my own?" And I was like, Go ahead. <laughs> they okay. do honestly. You could just skip season three. They do a recap at the beginning of each season. Yeah. Honestly, it, it's not worth your time. It's boring. Yeah. It, the it doesn't really advance the the story or any particular character arc too much. They are all still in prison. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like that season they realized how successful the show was and they really just wanted to slow it down and just milk a season. You know what I mean? Well, they were milking... And that fucking pisses me off when people milk shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were just mining like, extremely minor characters. Yeah. But their stories were not very interesting. Yeah. So they were just like taking the time to provide backstory for these characters who are, don't, don't even don't have interesting backstory. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I remember it a little bit more now. Yeah. But people eat that yeah. shit up. But transparent, still crushing it. Yeah. And then uh, the first episode of season five was good, but it was kind of, like I said, disjointed. Pretty wild. I don't know where they are going with it. Um, and then I can't even remember if we watched the second. Who's episode. your favorite character in the show? Do you have one? Oh, dude, it's tough. It's tough. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Morello is my favorite. Morello is your favorite? Yes. You're kidding. Which one's that? She's the, the hot one from, uh, where is she from? New York or? Like Jersey? She's the one who wears like the, the, the red she's lipstick. The Italian. And she's oh, yeah, really she's pretty. Cute. Yeah. She's um, my favorite character. Her back, her backstory is pretty fucked up. Yeah. I really like, uh, Red and, the woman, she'll take more prominence in season four, but uh, the crazy, like, in there for murder old woman with the neck tattoo who's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. Uh, Poussey is great, too. Yeah, Poussey is awesome. It's a good show. Uh, I even find the uh, the warden a fairly relatable, although... He's a compelling character. What's Just the guy with the mustache? That guy character. kills me. Which one? The warden or no, the, the, the shitty guard? Yeah, the mustache. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. He's a great character in that show. Uh, he's a fantastic character. <laughs> he has some love to hate him. buried, yeah, yeah, yeah. qualities. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I watched The Deer Hunter. It's probably my third watch, but honestly, I I never really remember the plot of that movie very well. Oh, you've seen it two other times. I think so. Oh, um, yeah, it's on HBO. So I, I thought about it, watching, it watching it so I could talk, mm-hmm. you know, with you, but. Mm-hmm three hours long i'm just like it's a weird one to just sort of start which is what i did because it's so long uh i watched it in like three sittings (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking boring dude yeah so uh, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording but it's pretty boring and i don't i don't know really if i would recommend it to anybody that much unless they wanted some cinema history it's an important I bought it on Blu-ray, so that's disappointing. It does look really good. (laughs) Hey, it has some moments that are really incredible, and it has some amazing shots. I particularly like all the scenes where he is hunting deer. Uh, And the Vietnam stuff is is really good, too. It's intense. Man, when you're over there, it's like... It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. A lot of um, just nerve-wracking scenes. Um but the rest of the stuff, the kind of like relationship drama is so just boring. It's not super compelling. No, like it's... and like Meryl Streep is in it and she doesn't, I mean, her performance is fine, but it doesn't matter. You know, none of it is as compelling as the main, the men, you know, the, the male characters and what they're going So it's through. a bit bloated, you'd say. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, they have this whole setup part where it's like an, it's literally an hour, I think, before they leave for Vietnam. And it starts on the day before they leave for Vietnam. Oh, wow. Uh, and then there's probably 45 minutes of them there. And then uh, it's back home again. And then they go over to Vietnam a second time. So there's just, just milk in that runtime. There's a lot going on. But young Christopher Walken, young Robert De Niro, young Meryl Streep. Uh, the dude who plays the the worst brother in Godfather, the lamest brother. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's important because of just the content, the Vietnam War and all the messed up shit. It, it it is. I do like the movie. It's just not. It's not something I would come back to. I wouldn't no. really say it's like an all time classic for me. Anyway, you know, I wouldn't put it in that pantheon. But a lot of people would. Yeah, I, I'll definitely check. You it should out watch at some it. Point. I mean, yeah. it's an important movie. Maybe it's I'll just, watch it tomorrow. I have tomorrow off, so yeah, that's perfect true. time to watch a three hour movie. Mm-hmm. Have a couple intermissions to jerk off and yeah, come exactly. back. And yeah, get bored. Would you recommend off. that? Russian roulette scene. No, no, just take off, take a couple jerk off intermissions. Oh, 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 works for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, help me get through it. Just uh, don't do it on the guy in front of you. Yeah, that, they don't like that. <laughs> you know what, man? It's fine. You're, you're, cool. you're cool. I'm the asshole. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing that I want to talk about is that I binge-watched the first season of The Leftovers. Yeah! Uh, it was really good. I did really like it. Okay. I, I texted you guys. Episode... So I watched the pilot, and I texted uh, Tom and Travis, and I was like, what did I say? When does this piece of shit get better or something? Yeah, like... classic Matt text. <laughs> yeah, it is a classic. Yeah, I was just like, of course. It was It was bad. So I think I I just, excited about I'm pretty something. sure I just said... You're the worst. Yeah, I think that, I is, always, that was yours. I probably call you that on a daily basis. I just felt like the writing was not good in the pilot. There are some really forced, kind of cringy lines. I don't think the performances are great. Like, I think it, they kind of take some time to like get get into the role mm-hmm. and really understand like what the show is trying to do. But once you get past like the second or third episode, like it really takes off. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of really interesting side characters. Yeah. Um, Justin Theroux is the main character, but even then, it's like... And you don't like that guy, do you? No, I, I do not like I don't really like How do you feel either. about him in uh, the David Lynch movies? Isn't he in at least... I know he's in at least a couple of them. Uh, I don't like him in Mulholland Drive. Why did I say Blue Velvet. I meant to say Mulholland Drive, but I said Blue Valentine. No, I do not... blue in that movie. I do not like him in it. fucks with my mind. Blue Velvet, yeah. Uh, he's, I don't mind him in this. I'm getting used to him once I got over the fact that, like, it's fucking Justin. The he's right. a honk, Damn though, it. right? I don't think so. I know he's got people think bod. he's dreamy, he's but he does bod. have a rock hard bod. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like, uh, Carrie Coons a lot. She's also oh, attractive. Is that his love interest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Movie, or the show's doing some really cool stuff. Uh, I feel like you're gonna just, for Lift hey. Yeah. If you like season one, though, I feel like you're just going to cream over season two and three. Just because of the things I've been hearing about. It. Yeah. Wait, so have you seen two and three? Two, we've said this before about things where it just kind of washes over you and you yes. didn't really. Yes. 
feel like it didn't sink in? No, I definitely want to watch season two again. I'd kind of like to go watch season one again, but I don't know how much it would do for me. I just remember it being so dark. It was like yeah. hard to get myself excited. Like, uh, it's the same problem I've had with other shows where you watch the first episode and you're like, totally, let's watch another one. But if you haven't seen it for a couple yeah. days, I'm like, I don't know. If season I one is very straightforward too. And season mm-hmm. two gets very grand and Weird. obscure with its ideas. Well, I haven't finished it yet, but the first episode of season two is fucking bonkers. It's like a, uh, primitive. It's, it, it's like, it's like a religious angle. So it's following like, cave people yeah. i don't really i was not happy i might watch season two uh, again especially if you just started it yeah yeah i think that'd be a good idea yeah the leftovers did some really good stuff though my favorite one of my favorite scenes in all of television is that it's like episode four or five or something the stoning scene no not that. i'm kidding that <laughs> scene is that was brutal brutal yeah oh I my could, god i was like freaking out i usually that. don't flinch or have to like look away at stuff but that i was like oh my god and it's within like the first few minutes of the episode right you you could no that's, that's later oh, in the season okay. yeah no, no like uh first oh. few minutes minutes of the episode i think there's I a decent think so. amount of build up to it yeah it's uh, okay. like in the middle of the episode well either way it's very hard fun. to watch but what scene are you talking about tom uh it's uh once again, I'm going to hail whoever is in charge of the first five minutes of every television episode because before the credits roll, <laughs> that shit is good. Um, it's the scene where you're just watching Pink Goo and the Black Keys are playing and you don't know what's happening with this Pink Goo. It's in a big vat and then it goes into a machine. What the fuck Wait, are, you talking are we about? talking about The Leftovers right now? Yeah. In I season one? That's <laughs> not in season yeah, one. Yeah. And then uh, it gets. Uh, uh, molded and it turned it's turned into the rubber baby doll heads oh and then they pop the eyes oh. in and it's so like cringy okay. you're like what the fuck is this and then it turns into baby dolls and then they turn it into jesus it's like a mass-produced right little baby jesus for the nativity scene and i'm just I just saw that and i was like i have to go throw up <laughs> <laughs> that was too too weird yeah, I'm liking it. I'm excited to, uh, to keep watching it. I'll report back next time with an update. But uh, I think that's it for uh, what we've been watching. Um, you guys ready for our... Rotten oh, tomatoes. wait. You still have to talk about... Um, Rotten True Grit. True Grit, yeah. That's yeah. the last thing you have, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, once again, thank you, Tom, for making me watch one of my movies. <laughs> Anytime, dude. I'm yeah. always good for it. Yeah. We'll shoot that again next time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, True Grit, the... 1969 original, right? Uh, yeah. Starring John, John Wayne. Wayne. Mm-hmm. As Rooster Cogburn. Yes. So I will say that I prefer the remake. Mm. And I'm kind of... It, it kind of sucks that I saw the remake first. And I've seen the remake twice. So watching this, it just... I don't think it ever really had a chance to live up to the remake. But if I had seen this first, I might have enjoyed this more. And then still yeah. enjoyed the remake more but the remake takes this one more. like the spirit of true grit and then turns it into something that's modern and like way more fun and yeah a lot more going adds on. a lot more humor they have a way better cast i mean john wayne's good in this um but like uh what's his name jeff goldblum no goldblum. jeff bezos <laughs> why am i blanking on his name uh, Jeff Bridges, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, 
I like him better as Rooster Cogburn. Mm. And uh, Matt Damon kills uh, whatever that guy's name is, Glenn Campbell. The annoying. Yeah, he's not very good in it. I forgot Matt and, Damon was in fucking Drew Grant. Yeah. And um, I'm blanking on her name too, but the girl who plays... Haley Lee Seinfeld? Or are you yes. talking about in the original? Yeah, no, no, her. Oh. She's great. Yeah, she's she, fantastic. Yeah. And this... I did notice, though, that the remake did take a lot from the original like a lot of even the some of the same shots and the story is pretty much the same except for the end i don't remember either of them well enough i so. like both the endings and they both work um but yeah i mean most of the movies pretty much the same in the original isn't rooster aren't rooster and the girl kind of like romantic interests or is it more of a father-daughter relationship I think it's more of a father-daughter type thing. Okay. Or just like... Mentor, mentee. Someone to, you know, yeah. have in, just in general. Because he doesn't really have much. He's kind of on his own. And um, I do like how Rooster, he's a he's like a marshal, right? But uh, right. he like plays by his own rules. Yeah. And oh, yeah, he's a long time. He's like killed way more guys than he needs to. <laughs> but like he justifies why he does it. And uh-huh. I mean, it makes sense. But it's just like his character. Like that's just what he believes in. Is killing people. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I believe in something. It's it's good. Um, but got to say the Coens did it better. Yeah. Fair enough. I still haven't seen the original, but so, I would like to. Remake, just to give you some context. Remake's five star. Original is four star. Okay. Wow. High praise for both, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I always forget about Where does it lie the, in the pantheon maybe. of John Wayne movies for you? Oh, I've only seen a couple, so it's yeah. hard to say. I think I've only seen two, and it's Real Bravo and this, and I got to give it to How Real about the Bravo. Searchers? No, except I do have that at my house right now. I rented it from the library. Stagecoach. Should dude. I watch it? The uh, Searchers? Yeah. I, well, I watched it for a, a film and story class in college. Uh, I liked it. I forget which movie someone was saying um, was like loosely based on the searchers that I just recently watched. And I think that's what piqued my interest. Mm. Don't know. Yeah. I'd have to look it up, but we don't have time for that. So we'll do the Rotten Tomatoes game now. Yeah. Let's yes. do it. All right. So I picked Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, the 1991 classic. <laughs> this was a childhood favorite growing up. Got a young Christina Applegate. Uh, I am regretting my score already. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else uh, notable in it? Uh, not really. I think there's a couple people you might recognize. Oh yeah, Daniel D- Danielle Harris is in it. She's super young in it, but oh, the, like the, the screen sister. queen. Yeah. Oh okay. I'm assuming you guys could pr- pretty much figure out the plot from the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assuming it's that's what it is, yeah. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's, but with a babysitter. No. So <laughs> I'll just say real quick that the plot of the movie, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is uh, the mom goes off. I forget what exactly she's doing, but she's going to be gone for the weekend uh, or something along those lines. And then uh, they have a babysitter that dies like at the house quickly into the movie. And then instead of telling the mom, they just decide that they're not going to have a babysitter, and then just you know, babysit themselves. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, like Christina Applegate has to get a job to like provide for them and stuff. And she ends up getting in over her head, it, but it, it's really fun. And in the funniest way imaginable, <laughs> it's great. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, where it's on Netflix. Is that where it is? Uh, it's on HBO go. Okay. Cool. 
So well, let's hear it. Let's uh, read our picks. Is this you, MRC? Mine's yeah. obvious. Are you? Are you cool? Those are my initials. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know. Just fucking write Matt. I don't know. It's one letter short. Shorter. All right. So Matt guessed 74%. Nice try. And then... Uh, nice try, fucking loser. Jeez. When I said classic, I meant classic from my point of view, not... Yeah, that's, that's why I started to regret it okay. when I heard you the second time. Your so, delivery the first time was like way more convincing. Oh, Okay. Well, you have to realize that I'm sarcastic about 90% of the time, if you haven't realized that. <laughs> no, I haven't realized okay. that. It's very dry, so, you know, it'll go right over your head, but... It's this whole time, everything's been going over your head, Tom. So am yeah. I watching this movie, or what? It, it, can't, it comes at night, sucked. I hated it. <laughs> uh, no, so, Tom, you guessed 84%. The score was, I think, 33 but regardless, Ooh, Tom, shit. you lost, so... Holy You're watching it. <laughs> Holy sweet. Oh boy. But you do think it's a good movie though. You actually I love it. I watched it uh maybe like a year or two ago. Five Sold stars. Up. Oh yeah. Cool. But the five stars is mostly nostalgia. Right. Yeah, that's fair. It's a great fun movie. I mean, just have fun with it. Maybe uh invite your wife to watch it with you. She only watches Muppet watches Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> the only movies you watch <laughs> in school of rock no that's me okay cool well thank you guys for listening that's gonna do it for this week wait uh, what are we reviewing next we lost i'm getting there fucking oh, settle down okay. tom oh, i thought you were just gonna like call uh me. what are we getting what are we reviewing next? <laughs> the last night what? oh well, I we're, we're seeing see baby that. driver right oh yeah is baby driver gonna be the What's the timing on that? I mean, we are seeing Baby Driver. That was my golfing nickname. So that will... Are you kidding? <laughs> I am kidding. Okay. I should have. It's going to be... That would have been good. <laughs> nickname from now on. Uh, is that going to be our featured review? Is there anything else coming Just out that weekend? Just baby engraved into your driver. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. Um, the Big Sick you comes out next it weekend. every time before you swing. <laughs> Sarah would love to see that. Uh, the Big Sick. Uh, the Beguiled. Ooh. Uh, Okja, that new uh, Netflix movie directed by uh, Bong Joon-ho. Oh God, I'm getting overwhelmed already. Uh, Transformers. Despic- Despicable Me 3. Which uh, uh, will no. be overshadowed by The Last Night. And The House with Will Ferrell and uh, oh. Amy Poehler. Looks like that might be kind of funny. So I'm, Baby Driver, I guess? Yeah, I'm most interested in that in uh, The Big Sick. But we and The Beguiled, too. I'm we have plans to see Baby Driver already. So Right. We'll definitely talk about that, maybe one or two others. Right. So... Plan on that. Uh, send us an email, cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at cinephiledigest.com. Um, I think that's going to do it. Anything else before we peace out, you guys? Shout out to all the homies. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Tell your friends. All right, cool. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks.